was good y'all welcome back to the playmakers corner podcast i'm your host for today simon Voyanos, aka coach v and we got another nai women's flag football recap here this is week seven of this 2023 season uh we are for sure halfway through the season at this point i know last week i said we were about halfway at this point we are definitely a little bit over halfway through you know and so we got a lot to talk about another pretty jam-packed week of games here we're gonna obviously recap all of those talk uh, players of the game slash playmaker of the week talk power rankings and then i also want to go ahead and give a little sneak preview to the front runners for our end of the year awards and you know some players that we are also considering for all playmaker and our all freshman team which will be finalized after the season but this way just so you know who is going to be standing out here moving forward and who we're definitely keeping an eye on as uh, the season progresses on let's get it started and start in the sun conference here we had a game on march 29th 2023 between weber and florida memorial here weber having a bit of a tough week playing the number one team in the country as of last week in thomas losing to them 33 to 6 looking to bounce back here and then you got fmu still chasing a potential uh sun conference win they haven't had one yet uh in their program history they've gotten really close but they haven't had one yet and so will this be the game we'll see let's go ahead and hop into it weber they go ahead and get the football here sam wilson in at quarterback checks it down to emma balaco who goes and gets them the first down to get the party started later on third down here wilson hits caitlin sigmundy on the post who gets about 20 that's enough to get them across midfield and a first down once again it's third down here wilson those the seem to briasia robinson but there is a penalty thrown on fmu here the pass was incomplete by the way and it appears to be giving weber a first down in the red zone and so there you go weber being productive here to get it started but unfortunately, an incompletion, a dropped pass, and then another incompletion slash pass breakup. Erica Johnson making a nice pass breakup in the back of the end zone on third down would eventually bring up fourth down here. And on fourth down, they go ahead and it looks like they're trying that red zone play they like a lot where they hand it off to sigma d and then she throws it and so that's what they do they put sigma d in motion she gets it on the end around looking to throw it ends up throwing it back to sam rosen who throws it into the end zone here uh aiming for a receiver a very tight window but erica johnson's there with great coverage to go ahead and force a pass breakup so there you go a tough ending for this Weber offense, but definitely a good break and a good stop by this FMU defense. Now, on offense, now FMU trying to get something going here, but just starting a little cold here. The first throw was an overthrow. The second play was a direct snap, but it was just dropped, which was interesting. And so that's a dead ball there. And then on third down here, Stanton is getting rushed. Uh, Haley Stanton, the starting quarterback for FMU, is getting rushed by Jada, uh, Jada Dillard. And she tries to get it to just shy Christie, but the 
it looks like the wind might have taken this one away just a little bit here and so it is incomplete and so just like that fmu unfortunately goes three and out now weber they get the ball back looking to make something happen still a tied game here let's go to third down and four here sam wilson goes up the seam to caitlin sigmundy who gets free and gets about 20 yards for a first down past the midfield good throw by wilson and a great catch by sigmundy to get this drive jump started here following that uh, Wilson checks it down to Emma Balaka, who then pitches it to Caleb Burrows, who gets a couple more yards. That makes it first and 10 now in the red zone. Now, let's go ahead and fast forward to the second quarter here. Uh, last play in the red zone. It is fourth down, looking to get something going here. Wilson finds Hayden Roop on the slant, I believe, who scores the Weber touchdown, making it 6-0 to zero and giving them the early lead here. Extra point is no good on that. So, there you go. But, still have the 6-0 lead. Now, FMU, they get back on offense here. And just a couple more struggles here. Direct snap to Jennifer Bevel. Uh, goes for a couple yards, that's good. But on second down... Pass deflected by Brazier Robinson. Third down, you have another drop pass. And so that's another three and out here. At this point, FMU hasn't had a first down in the game yet. On the other hand, you have Weber, and they're getting started here. Wilson goes ahead and threads the needle to Caitlin Sigmundy, who has great body control and stops and catches this throw and gets a couple more yards here for a huge 20-yard gain for a first down past midfield once more following that wilson throws the out route to caitlin sigmundy who then pitches it to her high school teammate slash college teammate emma balaco who goes ahead and gets the first down putting them in the red zone so here we go third trip in the red zone weber looking to go up by two scores but on first down sam wilson sacked by deja fanning who's having a great season by the way and so that brings up second down here and on second down wilson throws it but it's a drop pass and then on third down here once more wilson evades the sack this time but goes ahead and scrambles for a couple yards obviously doesn't score so that brings up fourth down here on and on fourth down wilson tries to find caitlin sigmundy but the throw is a little bit behind and so it is knocked down by i believe it's uh S tiffany walker on this one i wrote down sarah walker but i'm pretty sure it was tiffany walker and so that is a turnover on downs now fmu they're trying to get something going here 724 left in the first half Haley stanton in at quarterback she goes ahead and throws the out route to onisha gibbs who gets a solid gain for about six or so yards second down here stanton throws the out route back to gibbs again that's good for a first down the first of the game following that a couple plays later here it's third down here Haley Stanton throws towards the right sideline to Alexis Nelson who makes a nice catch for the first down past midfield so here we go they are rolling just a bit here but let's go ahead and go to third down on this same drive Stanton Forced to check it down to Jennifer Bevel, who only gets about two yards there. Jada Dillard actually almost got the sack, applying a lot of pressure here. And so that brings up fourth down and seven here. Here we go. Stanton drops back, but Jada Dillard is coming for her and goes ahead and applies the pressure 
forcing Stanton to throw this one a little early here, but Zoe Mello goes ahead and gets the pass breakup for Weber anyways, and so that ends up being a turnover on down, so another drive that just doesn't go FMU's way. Now, following this, uh, not too much more happens uh, in this second quarter. Weber would get the ball, but another Deja Fanning sack would eventually force a three and out. With about a minute left, FMU would get the ball. They would get a first down on a curl route to Erica Johnson, but would go ahead and basically stutter to a stop following a sack by Jada Dillard. So there you go there. Riazio Robinson on fourth down would get a pick. But at this point, there's only 16 or so seconds left here. And yeah, I mean, nothing else really happens. Wilson does find Burroughs on the curl, who then pitches it to Roop, who breaks a tackle and almost goes to the house, but is eventually stopped short. And so let's go ahead and bring it up here in the third quarter. Weber still leading 6-0 to zero at half, so very much still a close game. Uh, Florida Memorial go ahead and makes a switch at quarterback. They sub in Yanise Montgomery at quarterback to see what she could do, but this drive doesn't start super well here. First, a deflection by Hayden Roop here. Then a throw to the flat is stopped for basically no gain by Emma Blocko. And then on third down, Montgomery goes over the middle, but the throw is behind her receiver. And so once more, that is another three and out. Now, they punt the ball and it's tipped at the line. It rolls just past midfield. And so that's where Weber takes over here. Wilson finds Brazia Robinson on the out route who gets them the first down past midfield. Following a drop on first down, on second down, Wilson tries to go deep. It looks like she's going for the post route, splitting the safeties, but she does throw this route just a little bit too far down the middle here, and so it is incomplete. Third down here, Wilson evades the, uh, the rusher excuse me, and scrambles uh, before pitching it, but it does hit the ground. So that brings up a tough fourth and ten situation where, once more, Wilson goes deep up the seam to Robinson, but it is knocked down by Erica Johnson, who is there. So that's another turnover on downs. Not able to extend this lead as Weber is uh, buttering here on offense, not able to extend it. But luckily enough, FMU is also sputtering as, once more, they go three and out again. Montgomery still at quarterback. Uh, their best play of that drive was a four-yard swing route to Bevel, but a Jasmine Henry sack would go ahead and kill it. And so Weber, once more, they get the ball here. And so they're trying to get something going. They want to get a comfortable lead. And so that goes ahead and starts with Wilson finding Hayden Roop on the out route. That's a first down to get things going. A couple plays later, third down here, Sam Wilson goes deep. And Caleb Burrows gets free down the right sideline and just burns the defender here in one-on-one -on -one and goes 40-plus yards to the house, making it 12-0 to zero here uh, for Weber. Following that, there is a drop on the extra point, and so it's only a 12-0 to zero lead. Now, FMU, not out of it. It's only 12-0 to zero here. If they want a chance at winning the game, they got to make their move right now. And so here we go. Montgomery, still in that quarterback, goes deep and finds Erica Johnson, who makes the jump ball catch for about 20 yards and a first 
down. So here we go, FMU with some momentum. Following that, Montgomery then scrambles and gets free and goes and gets the first down past midfield. So two first downs in a row. Following that, Montgomery goes back over the middle and finds Erica Johnson who catches it between the safeties for first down, putting them in the red zone here. This FMU offense red hot all of a sudden, cooking with some fire here in the red zone. Here's what happens next. Montgomery goes down the left side and finds Ronisha Gibbs who makes the catch and falls into the end zone. Nice though. Good catch here. Making it 12-6 to here. On the extra point though, Montgomery would throw the out route to Erica Johnson. That makes it 12-7 to here. So less than a, well basically a one score game once more. If FMU scores again, they would actually take the lead because they did get this extra point. And so... That's basically how the third quarter ends here. Well, sorry, there was one play here for Weber before the third quarter ends. Uh, Sam Wilson goes ahead and finds Burroughs on the out route, who puts a move on a defender, freezing her, before taking off and getting more yards for about 20-plus yards past midfield. That one for a first down. So there you go. Let's go ahead and go into the fourth quarter here. It's about third down here. Wilson finds Burroughs in the flat. That goes for only three yards, not a first down. So it is fourth down. But unfortunately, Weber, they try a hard count here. And they get hit with the false start penalty. So that moves them back. And so here we go. Fourth down. They're going for it. They are pushed back a couple yards, though, following that penalty. Wilson airs it out deep for Caleb Burroughs. But it is overthrown and incomplete. Not able to connect there. So that is a turnover on down. Now FMU coming off a very good drive, the last one here, finally getting something going, here's how this drive goes down, Montgomery throws it to the flat to Erica Johnson, that gets about two, following that here, a couple plays later, let's go ahead and actually go to third down here, Montgomery goes over the middle to Victoria Francois, who gets them a first down, good throw here on a nice tight spiral, and then a good catch as well to get the chains moving. Following that, Montgomery goes over the middle again to Josiah Christie on the post, who basically tips it back to herself. It looks like it's a little bit of a low pass, but tips it back to herself, makes the play, catches the ball, and goes ahead and gets a huge 20-plus yard play to put FMU in the red zone. And so here we go with a chance to take the lead here unfortunately that pauses real quick as a false start would push fmu back but on that next play here well i guess it's still the fir first play of this uh new set of downs first down montgomery fades the pressure before scrambling out right and getting good yards for about six that brings up second down here where montgomery goes over the middle and briasia robinson basically steals a pick from Caleb Burrows, who and then goes ahead and gets a solid return here. Regardless, both Robinson and Caleb Burrows were there over the middle, and this was just a very tough mental error to make here, as that kind of killed all the momentum in that drive, and obviously so far in this game. Now, Weber, they still have to put this one away here. They're only up by like six and so here is what happens next actually excuse me they're only up by five and so here's what happens next wilson finds caleb burrows on the out route who puts a couple moves on the defenders and gets some good additional yardage for about a 20 yard play caleb burrows in her back for this one 
But once more, this Weber offense sputters just a little bit here. And so that brings up third down here. And on third down, Sam Wilson tries to throw the dig rat to Caitlin Sigmundy, but it is well covered by Ronisha Gibbs. And so that forces a punt. Uh... Real tough break here for Weber. But for FMU, they got 440 left after their defense came up big. But the drive starts a little slow. It actually uh, starts with this fourth and four play here. A couple plays in. Montgomery throws the out route, though. But Kayla McDuffie falls down. I honestly couldn't tell if she was shoved or what happened. The announcer definitely felt like uh, she wasn't touched on that play. But regardless... The refs go ahead and throw a PI that would give FMU a first down. And so here we go. 240 left Montgomery. Then throws the poster out to Erica Johnson, who makes a great possession catch here, having to twist her body around backwards for this one. That goes for about 19 yards. And so that brings up second and one here. Montgomery just goes ahead and scrambles for the first down. That gets them past midfield. Now, let's go a play later. It is second down here. Montgomery goes deep down the left side, but it goes off of Hayden Roop's hands for what would be an interception if she caught it. And so third down, a minute 37 left here. Montgomery just does a little bit too much, tries to throw it to a receiver across her body with Jasmine Henry applying pressure, and it is almost picked off here um, by Emma Bolocco. And so that brings up fourth down. I did make a note here. I said you have to hit your check down on this play. She had her check down open. She just didn't throw it, which was interesting. And so fourth down here, Montgomery goes over the middle to Erica Johnson on the post, but she is not able to bring it in here. Just a really tough drop to have. And so that's a turnover on downs and Weber they just need one first down to get and on third and one Wilson throws a tough out route to Denise Garcia who gets them the first down that ends the game Weber winning 12 to 7 here FMU once again losing another close one here in the Sun Conference uh, let me go ahead and talk about stats for this game. Sam Wilson, geez, 47 attempts, uh, 24 of 47, 304 yards, two touchdowns, was sacked twice. Was also their lead rusher with about 13 yards here. At receiver, your player of the game is Kayla Burrows. Uh, she led all receivers with seven receptions, 136 yards, and a touchdown with a long of 51 on that one. Um, and then on defense as well, Caleb Burroughs also had six tackles. So there you go. That is your player of the game. Now, continuing to talk about stats, Caitlin Sigmundy, four receptions, 61 yards. And then Emma Blocko and Hayden Roop both had 26 yards. Now on defense, Caleb Burroughs obviously led with six. Zoe Mello right behind her with five and a pass breakup. Jada Dillard had a sack. Jasmine Henry each had a sack. Uh, Briasia Robinson it says here had two interceptions as well, which are also pretty big and three tackles. So there you go there. Now for FMU, it, it's a little interesting here. So Haley Stanton obviously started when 8 of 15, 61 yards and a pick. Also took a tough sack there. Eunice Montgomery uh, had a little bit of a slow start, but actually really picked it up. Going into that last quarter there, 10 of 20, 145 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Also did take two sacks. Uh, she also ran for about 12 uh, 
yeah, 12 total net yards, I want to say. Or, sorry, six net yards there. The lead receiver, Erica Johnson, seven receptions, 93 yards. Renisha Gibbs, six of six, six for 63 yards and a touchdown there, the lone one for Florida Memorial. And then it was Sarah Walker with six tackles that led the squad. So, boom, there you go there. Definitely a tough game for FMU. This was a winnable one for sure here. If you're Weber, you know, it's a little bit of a scare, but you still got the win. I think at this point, that's all that matters is they do play a double header or not a double header. Sorry, a back to back here. They played on this day and then the following day. So there you go. Um, and then with FMU, we'll talk more about them in the power rankings. Now let's go ahead and talk about some KCAC play Ottawa versus Cotty here. Uh, this really wasn't that close of a game, to be honest with you, so I'll try to keep it relatively short. Once again, it uh, looks like Angie Cruz was out for Cotty, so they were a little shorthanded. Interesting enough, they started with Jennifer Haberstock in at quarterback, and and I believe Amaya Carrillo was still on the field, but probably playing running back or receiver here. And it doesn't go super well on third down here on the first drive. Haberstock throws a pick to Abby Brown, but Abby Brown makes this a pick six. Returns it to the house here. A out route from Madison Carrera to Bailey Hodgins would make it 7-0 to zero just like that. So just a really tough go here uh, for Cotty to start. But doesn't get too much easier. They go ahead and put Carula back in at quarterback. But... Not able to get too much here. Does get uh, a nice little throw on the out route to Tanaya Bolden. We get some close to a first down, but Karula is stopped short on a scramble by DJ Paris. And then on third down, there's an incompletion. So that brings up a three and out. But on the punt, the punt, it's snapped and it is dropped here by the punter. And so Ottawa actually starts in the red zone here. And to start here, uh, Madison Carrera goes ahead and finds Bailey Hodgins on the deep out route to make it 13-0. to Extra point is no good. So already taking a very, very early lead. Now, Cotty, they do get a first down to start this drive and out route to Joliet Johnson, Jojo Johnson, to get them going. But uh, sacked by DJ Paris kind of puts them in a tough third and 18 situation. And on third and 18, Carula goes deep to Johnson here. Uh, to Joliet Johnson here, who is open, but unfortunately it just comes up as a drop here, which is tough. And so once more, they are forced to punt it. Now, Ottawa, they go ahead and get a big first down to get them past midfield on a Carrera to Hodgins curl route. Following that here, Carrera throws it to Maya Quinn, who looks to pass it, but just takes off and gets the first down, putting them in the red zone here. Ottawa, though, they do struggle just a little bit. It does come down to a fourth down play here. A delay of game does push them back even more, so that hurts. Uh, it looks like they try an end around here, and on the end around, they try to throw it on the run, but it's pretty well covered, so it's a turnover on downs. Let's go ahead and go into the second quarter here. Once more, the struggles continue on offense for Cotty. They go three and out here, suffering another dropped pass. Um, a little bit of a case of the drops for Cotty here in recent games, which is real tough. Now for Ottawa, they keep it going here. Carrera throws the out route for a first down. That puts them past midfield. But once more, 
does come down to a fourth down play here on fourth and nine Carrera goes deep but it is broken up that's a turnover on down so some early struggles by Ottawa here but it doesn't really seem like they're phased that they're up by a solid amount definitely very comfortable on the sideline uh, which is good you want to have good vibes when you're on the road like this in Cotty which is where they're at by the way now Cotty get the ball again scramble you know, goes for about three yards. Second down, it's in, in completion, though. Third down, Krula throws the out to Tania Bolden, who makes the catch here, but is just short. That brings up fourth and three, and once more, they have to punt it. Uh, Cotty, I believe, has only had one first down so far in this game, but some drops and incompletions. Uh, tough throws have just made it hard to sustain a drive. Now, Ottawa, they're looking to go ahead and really, you know, just put this thing away, and that's what they do here. Uh, Carrera takes off scrambling, puts on a couple nifty moves here, goes ahead and gets some pass midfield for first down on a scramble of about 20. But once more, it is fourth and six here on the edge of the red zone. Here's what happens. Madison Carrera takes off left and tiptoes down the sideline, getting the first down, putting them in the red zone. And then following that, Carrera throws the dig route to Tatiana Dos Santos for a touchdown, making it 19-0. Carrera then comes back over the middle on the extra point to throw it to Alyssa Linkus. That makes it 21-0. This game is basically over at this point. Uh, Ottawa beating Cotty 41-0 in this one, which is really not a close game at all here. Cotty just struggling with some drops and just maybe not being super sharp and you know obviously not having Angie Cruz also hurts as well as far as versatility when it comes to play calling and so there you go let's go over some stats though Madison Carrera 13 of 22 173 yards four touchdowns no turnovers she also had another 64 rushing yards on seven attempts there uh, led the team both in passing and rushing there. Now at receiver, spread the ball around pretty well. Jasmine Camacho, though, her lead receiver with three receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Lissa Link is right behind her with two receptions and 47. And then Bailey Hodgins going to work, four receptions, 35 yards, and a touchdown. Tatiana Dos Santos and Man uh, yeah, Mandolin Scalisi also having receiving touchdowns in this game and finally on defense dj paris real big in this one in her return four tackles and a sack uh hope humes also had a sack and then as far as interceptions go abby brown had that big time pick six suzanne kaufman had a pick and then farron malif uh had a interception as well and then for Cotty, like i said just struggles my carula eight of 21 only 35 yards to throw a pick here. It looks like Jolia Johnson also threw a pick at one point. Her only pass attempt of the game. And then Jennifer Haberstock, uh, only two pass attempts, but did throw that pick six to start here. At receiver, no one over 20 yards. Jolia Johnson with three receptions, 18. And Tania Bolden with three and 17. Only eight completions. Um... This entire game, which obviously you can't win games with only eight completions here. Defense, not too bad. Shamis Lee, seven tackles here. Uh, Kirion Cloyd had a sack in this one. Both Jolia Johnson and Daniela Goodrich with four tackles each. Uh, excuse me, sorry. Tania Bolden also had four tackles. And so once more, Ottawa wins, which I feel like is pretty much expected at this point. But for Cotty, I, I mean... 
you definitely always got to put your best foot forward here. And I don't know if that was really their best. They, they are in a little bit of a slump here. I am not even going to lie. Just you can't live off of eight receptions. You just can't. Obviously, some of it is Ottawa playing really good defense. But, you know, I watched the game. There are definitely a number of plays where, I mean, they were just drops. You know, or they just weren't super accurate throws. And so, Cotty, they're going to take a little bit of a break here. Refocus. I believe they do have, I believe they have one more game uh, this weekend or this week as well, which we'll talk about later. At the time I'm recording this, it's March 31st, by the way. So, there you go there. But, once again, Ottawa wins big, 41-0. Oh, player of the game. I think it's pretty obvious. Madison Carrera, 173 yards, four touchdowns. 64 yards rushing yeah there you go so yeah now let's go ahead and move on to a game from march 30th here thursday one of the most highly anticipated games of this week we got number one thomas versus number three kaiser uh, a battle of one and two in the Sun Conference, technically as well here. Thomas winning by seven when they went to West Palm last time. This time, they host here in Thomasville, Georgia. And unfortunately, the stream didn't work, but still have some notes to take here. Uh, Thomas would go ahead and get this thing started with a pretty good 66-yard drive here. That would end with an Alexa Wilson rushing touchdown uh, to go ahead and get things started there to get on the board. And then following that, Giselle Jones on the next drive here intercepts Kaiser's second pass of the game here. That sets up a five-play, 15-yard scoring drive that does end with Keanu Cole rushing it in for the touchdown, making it 12-0. to Once more, though, the actual point did not work out. Now, after a turnover on downs by Kaiser, Thomas will get the ball, and they would go ahead and march 47 yards and seven plays here, and it will end with Alexa Wilson finding Kiara Knight on a 19-yard pass, making it 19 to zero. I guess 18 to zero, and then Keanu Cole would go ahead and make it 19 to zero on the extra point, just like that. Three straight scoring drives. For Thomas here, Kaiser just falling behind here. Now, Kaiser, they would score uh, in the second quarter here. A little one-yard pass, I believe. Brennan Ramirez made this uh, touchdown catch here. But the one-point uh, conversion was no good. And that was actually the final time Kaiser would score as this Thomas defense came to play here and did not give Kaiser anything to work with here. And would actually end in the fourth quarter when Alexa Wilson would go ahead and run it in for her second rushing touchdown of the day. A little five-yard rush there to go ahead and put them ahead by a lot more here, making it 25-6. to six. And then that was basically game. I mean, Thomas just came to play 251 total yards on offense, only allowed 124 yards to Kaiser here. So just a very tough go for Kaiser, but Thomas on a hot streak here, especially at home, going ahead and getting it done. Uh, let's go ahead and look at some of the stats here. Alexa Wilson passed for 240 yards on 18 completions here. 
was a pretty healthy 18 of 30. And then threw a touchdown. Did also throw a pick here. But made it up. Also had two rushing touchdowns as well here. Kiana Cole having another rushing touchdown. Uh, Giselle Jones having a real good game. Three receptions, 66 yards as the lead receiver. And then on defense here, uh, Giselle Jones also had an interception. But Janae Scott once more was cooking. Jeez, 11 tackles and a sack here. That would lead the squad. Brittany Devil also had five tackles and an interception in this game. Uh, look. Uh, definitely a team effort, I would say. I think Giselle Jones also played very well once more. But like I said, this Thomas team is clicking as a whole. I do got to pick a player of the game. And so I'm actually going to go ahead and go with Alexa Wilson here. Uh, look, 18 of 30, 240 yards, a touchdown, two rushing touchdowns. Led some really good drives. Uh, went a little cold, you know, in the second half. But, hey, had a really fast start to this thing, really led this team and uh, got the job done here for Thomas, as well as his defense, which has been straight heat so far here uh, this season. So, there you go there. Thomas stays undefeated at 11-0. Kaiser only getting their second loss on the season, both to Thomas. Now let's go ahead and move on and talk about another Sun Conference matchup that happened on this day. We had St. Thomas versus Weber here. Weber coming off a win from the following night. And so let's go ahead and hop into this. Holly Neer in at quarterback. Goes ahead and gets the party started. Throws a swing route to Kaylee Miller who gets the first down. Third and one though. Neer throws it short on her check down to a running back Dominique Parks. The freshman who gets a first down past midfield a play later second down knee here throws the hitch route to jada graham who gets the first down putting them in the red zone here uh st thomas starting off really sharp this game a play later second down here near throws the out route to kaylee miller gets another five third and ten near throws the out route to jada grams who Jada Graham, excuse me, who basically walks it in for the touchdown, making it 6-0. to zero. Near then finds a wide open uh, Dominique Parks, who walks it in, making it a quick 7-0 to zero drive here. A very good drive by St. Thomas, a very sharp drive by them to get this thing started. Now, Weber, they go ahead and they find uh, Reasia Robinson on the curl for a first down. Following that couple plays later, it is third and three here. Sam Wilson gets the ball out quick to Denise Garcia. She gets a first down. That puts them past midfield. Once more, we go ahead and we have second down here. On second down, Wilson hits Kayla Burrows on the out route, who works her way upfield for about six, but they do throw a holding penalty on St. Thomas holding onto her jersey just a little bit too much here. And so that actually makes it a first down, putting them in the red zone. But in the red zone, uh, Weber struggles a little bit, at least getting big yardage. Does throw a hitch route to Reasia Robinson. She gets about three. Second down, Wilson forced to check it down to Jasmine Henry. She gets a handful of yards. That's third and six. Following that, Wilson under pressure, forced to throw to Jasmine Henry, who gets maybe a yard. And so that sets up this fourth down situation where Wilson tries to throw this tight window here. But Riona Baker makes an all-hands catch on the interception to go ahead and make it a turnover on downs. 
But unfortunately, Webb or St. Tom, excuse me, just not able to do anything with it. And they go three and out. A couple drops here uh, by Jada Graham, which were very uncharacteristic, would force that three and out. And so let's go ahead and go into the second quarter here. Here in the second quarter, um, second down. Sam Wilson goes deep and finds Hayden Roop over the top, down the right sideline. Beautiful throw. Roop just beat her defender in 101. We know she has some speed on her. And she basically gets stopped on the two first down in the red zone. And so let's go ahead and go to third down. Fast forward to third down here. On third down, Ciara Zeno goes ahead and gets the snap. Uh, she's in that quarterback, runs the option before shovel passing it forward to Briasia Robinson, making it 7-6. to six. Following that, Wilson goes back in, finds Caleb Burrows on a tough throw and catch, making it 7-7. Seven to seven. Shades of the Kansas City Chiefs offense on that little shovel pass there would go ahead and tie this game up. Now St. Thomas, to start here near, finds Dominique Parks, who gets a first down to get this drive going. But eventually here, a couple just overthrown um, deep shots here forces St. Thomas to punt it. But Weber, they're not able to do too much with this either here. Uh, just getting minimal yardage, you know. And then on third down, the ball was batted down by Lanai Leon at the line. So that eventually forces a three and out. And because they didn't get a lot of yards, maybe five or six yards on that one drive, they have to punt it. And so here we go. Knee here in the quarterback. She finds Tyler Bryant on the curl route. Gets about five to get this thing going. Second down, though, near. Throws the drag route to Kaylee Miller, who dips below a couple defenders, making them miss. Sprints ahead, spins out of one, and then goes ahead and takes it 40 yards to the house. St. Thomas taking a 13-7 lead off of some nifty moves and just great playmaking by Kaylee Miller here, making pretty much the entire defense miss and going ahead and getting them that lead. Extra point is no good. It's batted down by Caleb Burrows. And so here we go. Weber trying to respond back here. Wilson finds Caleb Burrows on the out. She goes and gets the first down here. A penalty thrown on St. Thomas for holding. Also tags on some yards. Yards. Excuse me. Following that, uh, Wilson goes back to Burroughs on the curl, who gets the first down past midfield. But a play later, it's second down. Sam Wilson goes deep here. Uh, it, I, I don't know if there's some miscommunication or what, but it is easily intercepted by Miranda Ferdes, who gets a huge interception and actually returns it past midfield. Now, St. Thomas is not able to really get anything on this one. A couple big deflections by Caitlin Sigmundy would make sure of that. And so, that's basically what the score is going into halftime. St. Thomas with the 13-7 lead. But Weber, they do get the ball to start. But once more, the struggles continue here. Um... Wilson basically just throws it to Caleb Burrows, who gets a couple of yards for a time. St. Thomas with really good flag pulling, not allowing any big plays here deep. And then eventually, uh, Wilson does throw an incompletion, and so that forces a three and out here. St. Thomas with a chance to continue to build on their lead, and that is what they do here. Second down, knee here throws the curl to Tashumba Washington, who catches it, but it looks like she gets clipped over the head. And so that 
is going to be a penalty on Weber and give St. Thomas a first down in the red zone. I mean, you just can't do that. And so that's just tough. But, you know, this Weber defense, they do a pretty solid job holding it down here. And so here we go. It's fourth down, about at the one or two here. Holly Near finds the shove of Washington, though, on the drag, making it 19-7. to Extra point is no good. And so this game is definitely you know, going St. Thomas's way right here. Weber are not out of it, but they have to get something going. And, I mean, unfortunately, they just can't. They do get a first down here. That's Sam Wilson checking it down to Bria Cam. Following that, there's a drop pass. And then there's a solid gain of five by Caitlin Sigmundy. But then there's another short pass here. And so, unfortunately, they got to punt it. And Weber just having a couple too many drops here. St. Thomas, they do get the ball with about three minutes left. And here we go. They are looking to continue to add on to this lead. On second down, a direct snap to Dominique Parks. She goes ahead and gets this and gets the first down here to get this thing started. Fast forward to third down here. Another direct snap to Dominique Parks. Goes ahead and gets another first down past midfield. And that's where we're at in the fourth quarter. St. Thomas with an increasingly dominant 19-7 lead here let's go ahead and talk about it though as this game begins to close up let's go to third down knee here throws the out to walker but it's slightly off the mark so it's incomplete and so st thomas forced to punt it and that's what they do but once more well here let me start with this holly near pins them on the one so that puts them in a really tough spot and so weber goes ahead and puts ciara zeno in uh, who's a little bit more of a mobile quarterback, which is what I understand, but she's just not getting a lot of yardage. Uh, on an option, she basically gets stopped at the line almost for a loss. On second down, Zeno checks it down to Denise Garcia. She gets a couple of yards, though. Not enough, though. That brings up third down here. Once more, she's a force to check down to Garcia, but gets minimal yardage. And so once more, Weber going three and out here. So many three and outs so far this game now st thomas they get the ball they're looking to kind of put this thing on ice but on third down holly near takes a shot downfield but it is double coverage and the receiver is definitely not open uh caitlin sigmundy gets a pretty easy interception and return and so here we go weber with another chance with about five minutes left to make something happen but once more they got to be a little bit more urgent here and making something happen they got to do it now because they still got to get a stop and so to start, Wilson finds Burroughs on the out route. That's good for a first down. Following that, though, a couple plays later, Wilson throws the hitch to Caitlin Sigmundy, who then pitches it to Emma Bolaco, who gets a good amount of key extra yards, but she also takes a hit out of bounds here. And so that tags on some penalty yards, putting Weber past midfield. St. Thomas just making a lot of mistakes right now. And so Weber... You know, they got to take advantage of that. And let's go ahead and fast forward to fourth and five here. Very manageable, but here's what happens. Wilson throws the curl route, but it is dropped. And it's not like it was that inaccurate of a ball or it was good coverage. I mean, it was just a dropped pass. And so that's just a tough go. Weber's uh, struggles on offense here continues as that's a turnover on downs. And there's only 2 minutes 45 seconds left. And so this thing really is looking like to be kind of out 
of reach here. And so let's fast forward to third down, though. Holly Near once again throws the short pass, but Caleb Burrows jumps the out route here and almost houses this one for a pick six, but gets caught from behind just barely. That does set them up in the red zone here to start. And so uh, a tough go. I mean, Weber, their defense is fighting hard, but their offense, just some struggles here. But they do have a chance to score. This is probably their best chance as they're literally in the red zone. And so let's fast forward to third down here. Sam Wilson throws it over the middle and finds Brazier Robinson, who makes a good adjustment to the ball and makes the catch, making it a touchdown 19-13 to with 104 left. Wilson then scrambles out right and throws it to Robinson, making it all of a sudden a close game at 19 to 14. This game looked to be wrapped up with under two minutes left, but a bad interception uh, kind of just, it's tough, you know, you know, it's definitely tough and gives them another chance. And so Weber also has all three timeouts. And so here we go. A lot of pressure on St. Thomas. They have to get a first down to put this thing away if they punt it we'll see and so here we go first down near checks it down to parks then tries to pitch it but it's almost picked by emma blocko not the greatest play there but regardless still get some positive yards so it's second and three here and on second and three near it throws the out to riona baker who goes and gets the first down now basically puts this away but Weber does have two timeouts left here. So St. Thomas is really looking to put this game on ice, get a couple more yards, maybe another first down. They go ahead and put Jada Graham in at quarterback. She's going to for sure run the option here. And that's what she does. She goes right up the middle and she makes a player or two miss and is gone. 60 yards to the house making it 25 to 14 extra point is no good but at this point this game is over only 23 seconds left and so st thomas ends up defeating weber 25 to 14 here um got a lot closer than it needed to at the end for sure but you know a dub is a dub they will take that and I would have to say player of the game absolutely has to be Kaylee Miller. That big gain she broke loose, uh, which should have just been a check down pass, ended up being real huge in this one. And over and over again, she just made some big plays. So absolutely player of the game has to be Kaylee Miller here. Now, Weber, I mean, they were just off in this game. Offensively, they just weren't super sharp here. Missing some throws. You had some dropped passes. You had more dropped passes than you should have in any game, really. But especially against a team in St. Thomas who I believe is only a bit behind them in the power rankings. That's just tough. And they had their chances. I mean, at one point it was 19-14 to 14 here. You gotta think if they got one of these touchdowns in an earlier drive, then you know they would definitely be in the driver's seat and in a better spot to win this game. But... They just weren't. And so Weber, you know, a little bit in a slump, I gotta say. They're definitely a little bit in a slump. We'll see if they could work their way out of that one. St. Thomas, on the other hand, uh, on a winning streak, on a four-game winning streak. And they also play Reinhardt here on Saturday. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Now let's go ahead and talk about Florida Memorial versus Reinhardt here. 
pretty close to each other in the power rankings. I believe FMU is number nine, and Reinhardt is currently ten. And so Reinhardt does make the trip down to Florida for this game. I believe they actually have two games in Florida in two consecutive days. But let's go ahead and talk about this one. Uh, a couple notes to make here for Reinhardt. They don't have Joelle Jarrett back yet. Uh, she's been missing for kind of a while, actually. And so that is a big deal. I don't think I saw her on the sidelines either. So there's definitely that. For FMU, they are going ahead and starting Yanis Montgomery. This is her first career start. Uh, she's a freshman. I don't even really think she got in a whole ton before, uh, besides the game, you know, from a day or two ago. So there you go. But let's go ahead and get this thing started in the first quarter. Reinhardt, they do get the ball. They are driving downfield. But Erica Johnson comes up with a huge interception to get them started. Actually gets a really good return to put them past midfield and so that's where FMU and Montgomery get started here let's go ahead and actually fast forward to third down they go ahead and direct snap it to Caleb McDuffie who goes ahead and gets the first down and puts them in the red zone their first trip of the day Following that, Montgomery takes a shot down the left sideline and finds Erica Johnson for the touchdown, making it 6-0. Then Montgomery just goes ahead and runs this one in, making it 7-0, FMU taking the early lead. Now, Reinhardt trying to get back into this. Uh, been kind of trying to figure out their offense here for a couple weeks. Have relied a little bit more on the run. And so, let's go to third down here. Wimbush. Throws it up here on a rare pass play, but it looks to be intercepted by Erica Johnson. But there is a penalty thrown on FMU. I believe it's a PI, and so that will actually overturn that pick, and Reinhardt would actually get the first down. So there you go there. But a couple plays later, once more, it is fourth down here on the edge of the red zone they're going for it Wimbush throws the out route but it is deflected I want to say Erica Johnson got a piece of that uh, her being a big presence to start this game and so that's a turnover on downs now FMU uh, they do find themselves in a fourth down situation of their own here eventually on fourth down they go ahead and Montgomery goes down the left sideline here, taking a shot downfield and actually finds number five. I believe that is now Ronisha Gibbs. Could be mistaken. I know a couple players changed their numbers um, and it's not updated in the roster yet. But she finds number five downfield and she goes ahead and burns her defender. This is a good ball here as well. That makes it 13 to zero. Extra point is no good. And so, Reinhardt trying to respond back. They go ahead and get a nice first down to start this drive here. Hand off to Tatiana Alacock would go ahead and give them that first down. Following that, they run an end round play to Deshae Branham. Uh, she gets stopped for about one. That brings up second down here where Kalia Wimbush throws the out route to, I believe it's Nina Johnson here, who goes ahead and slips the defender and goes and gets the first down as well here. But there is also a penalty thrown on FMU, so that tags on some extra yards. Uh, still a first down, though. I believe they are past midfield at this point. 
fast forward here a couple plays. Let's go to second down, second and in inches here. Clyde Wimbush goes deep and has to shade Branham here. It's a good throw. It's a good route, but it is dropped. It would have been a touchdown, so that brings up a third down instead. On third down, Wimbush tries to go over the middle, but Erica Johnson once more with a pass deflection. That brings up fourth down here, and on fourth down, they run a design QB run with Wimbush. She goes ahead and gets the first down, putting them in the red zone. And that's where we pick up here in the second quarter. But let's go ahead and fast forward to fourth down here, looking to score. Wimbush takes a shot deep. And this one's actually almost intercepted by Kayla McDuffie, but she smartly just bats it down, not trying to give up that type of field position. And so that's actually a turnover on downs. So here we go. I believe this is the third drive for FMU and Yanise Montgomery. They go ahead and get it started with a nice check down play to Victoria Francois, who gets about seven or eight yards for a first down. Uh, a play later. Let's go second down here. Montgomery. On the money to Erica Johnson, who snags in a nice catch on the post route for a gain of about 20. That's another first down past midfield. Following that, Montgomery scrambles right up the middle for about 15. That puts them in the red zone. So here we go. FMU is cooking here, but it momentarily stops as it does bring up a fourth down play here. On third down, Montgomery did have a def or a receiver downfield in the end zone, but Adriana Brustmeyer did a good job ripping that one out, forcing an incompletion. You got to finish the process of the catch. That's how it goes. Uh, I know there was some controversy there, but it just looked like she broke it up. So fourth down here. On fourth down, Montgomery takes a shot down the left sideline, finds Ronisha Gibbs once more for the touchdown, making it 19-0. Montgomery then runs it in, making it 20-0, already taking a pretty dominant lead. Now, Reinhardt on the next play, Wimbush does take a sack, and that pretty much kills that drive as they are forced to go three and out and punt it. And so here we go, FMU looking to really uh, drive the nail in the coffin with about 234 left. In only the first half here, they go ahead and get a nice first down. It's a scramble by Montgomery on that play for about 15. That eventually brings up third down here. Uh, Montgomery throws the out route to Alexis Nelson, who does give them the first down in the red zone. And so once more in the red zone here, Montgomery throws it to Victoria Francois. And that is good for her fourth touchdown though of the day extra point is no good but at this point it is pretty much over it is all fmu their defense is playing well getting a lot of pressure here and then reinhardt just not really applying too much pressure here and just allowing montgomery to set and throw and she throws some great strikes here in this game sarah walker later in the third quarter for fmu would get a huge pick six that would make it 33 to 0 and that is your final florida memorial wins 33 to 0 Eunice montgomery in her debut four passing touchdowns i don't believe any turnovers and just really efficient throwing some great balls and taking advantage of this reinhardt defense who usually is pretty solid all right, now let's go ahead and move on to the Saturday slate of games here. Uh, April 1st, and to start the day, we got St. Thomas versus Reinhardt here. Uh, Reinhardt, like I said, on their little trip here to Florida. St. Thomas, they've been rolling here. Now, for Reinhardt, there are some more noticeable 
uh, missing players here. I noticed this more in the second game than the last game. Maybe they were both missing for uh, both games, but Joel Jarrett, obviously not here. Uh, Carson Padgett, who's actually been pretty big for them on defense as a rusher, is also not there for them, and so they are a couple players short here. Nevertheless, they go ahead and head into this one. St. Thomas, they do get the ball first, but unfortunately just not able to get anything going on a couple incompletions, starting a little slow here, and so they go three and out. Now, Reinhardt, they get the ball. Kalia Wimbush here in at quarterback. She throws the post route to Deshae Branham, who jumps up and gets the first down pass midfield. A good little possession catch here on a nice 13-yard gain. But let's fast forward to third down here. Third down, trying to convert near midfield. Wimbush tries to throw a quick screen here to Nina Johnson, but it basically goes nowhere. And so Reinhardt is forced to punt it back. And so St. Thomas, they get the ball back. They are looking to get something together here. Let's go ahead and go to second down. Holly Near in at quarterback scans right, uh, or sorry, scans left, but go before going right here and throwing to a wide open Kaylee Miller who looks like she catches it uh, or at least in my opinion it looks like she catches it but then kind of just drops it and so the refs call it an incompletion it probably would have been a touchdown if she caught it uh, to me it looked like a completion but hey it is what it is it's incomplete so that brings up third down here and so on third down near finds Jada Graham on the drag who gets outside and more for about 25 yards putting them past midfield she has that 99 speed and so she's very dangerous on those drag routes following that near then checks down to Tiffany Walker who gets them a first down in the red zone there just like that Operating in the red zone for the first time near throws it up to Tyler Bryant down the left side It gets tipped up. It looks like it's getting batted down here But Bryant who is on the ground catches it here. It's a great concentration catch here by Bryant making it six to zero and a st Thomas lead the extra point is no good though now Let's go ahead and go to Reinhardt. They're back on offense trying to get something going Wimbush throws the post to Nina, John Nina Johnson, who goes up and makes a play. She kind of just jump balls this thing and just uh, catches this one. A good possession catch right there for a first down and a 15-yard gain. A couple plays later, it's third down. Wimbush once again goes back to the post route, back to Nina Johnson, and she gets another jump ball catch for a first down past midfield. This goes for about 20, and that's where we pick up here in the second quarter. But in the second quarter, it looks like Wimbush is trying to throw the out route. There's a bit too much air on this. And Miranda Ferdis goes ahead and gets a big-time interception to kill a very promising drive for Reinhardt. And so here we go. St. Thomas with the ball on offense. Let's go ahead and go to fourth down here. Fourth down, they're looking to convert, get into the red zone. Holly Near, patient in the pocket, eventually finds Jada Graham deep, who gets about 40 yards. That actually puts them in the red zone there. So there you go, and plus a new set of downs. Now, moving on to second down here. They go ahead and hand it off to Jada Graham, who looks to get outside before she turns up field here. Um, or sorry, before she turns up field here, trying to get outside, she throws it to a wide open Riona Baker, making it 12 to zero. So a touchdown pass for Jada Graham here, just like that. Extra points, no good. And so there you go. Uh, St. Thomas lives with the 12 point lead. Now, 
things are not going great for Reinhardt here. They're trying to throw the ball a little bit here. They do get a first down where Wimbush throws the slant to Victoria Salmon a little low, but she gets the first down. But following that, you have a couple overthrows, uh, some plays that were almost picked. You have a, well, you do have a slant to Salmon again that gets five, but then on third down, you have a drop pass. And so on fourth down, Reinhardt once again sputters, forced to punt it. Now, St. Thomas looking to go up by three scores. Near throws the slant to Riona Baker. That goes for about 10 yards and a first down. A couple plays later, let's go to third down here. Neher finds Jada Graham on the drag, who makes a player miss. And then she takes it to the house. 50 yards on the touchdown play. Like I said, she got that 99 speed. Speed, and so you really can't afford to miss her flag there and that's just what they did and so they go up 19 to 0 here uh they eventually go up 20 to 0 as near finds kaylee miller in the back of the end zone on a nice little throw now reinhardt they're trying to get something going they do get a first down on a designed quarterback run but eventually it does not work out on fourth down. Uh, Wimbush tries to throw it, but this one's picked off by Baker. And that's basically how the half ends here. I mean, St. Thomas with a dominant 20-0 lead. And that's pretty much the end of the game. Nothing really changes here. Uh, I'll just talk about some of the scores that would happen near here. We'll then find Jada Graham in the third quarter for her second receiving touchdown, I believe, of the day. Jada Graham with a total of three touchdowns, one passing, two receiving. That makes it 25-0. Following that here, Julianne Jokowski subbed in eventually, and she finds Carissa Dolce for a receiving touchdown. That makes it 31-0. And then on a punt, Deshumba Washington fields it before pitching it to Riona Baker, who burns down the right sideline here, just untouched, making it 37-0. And then still in the third quarter, they go ahead and sub in Ashlyn McKinley, Reinhardt does, and she just throws it up to Nina Johnson, who gets a big-time catch here, just mossing to Shumba Washington, which, I mean, it wasn't like she wasn't trying, obviously, it's one-on-one, -on -one. she probably thought she was about to get a pick, but Nina Johnson with just an aggressive catch over her, and then walks it in 15 yards, uh, well, really, it's a 50-yard play, but walks in the last 50 to make it 37-6, to plus the extra point, making it 37-7, to but like I said, it's over at this point, Last score of this game, Yulkowski finds Dominique Parks. That makes it 43-7, and that is your final score. St. Thomas beats Reinhardt 43-7. Player of the game, Jada Graham. One passing touchdown, two receiving touchdowns. Pretty sure she had to have led in receiving yards as well as she was just dominant in this game as St. Thomas once more takes care of business. All right, now, real quick, let's go ahead and switch to some KCAC play here. We got Midland versus the University of St. Mary in Nebraska for this one. Let's go ahead and hop into it. So, to start here, Midland would get the ball, and Michaela Nunez would go ahead and scramble down the left side for a first down past midfield to get things started. It was a pretty big play there, but a couple incompletions bring up fourth down and on fourth down they go ahead and throw it but it's incomplete once more but luckily a penalty is thrown i believe it is holding on st mary's and so that gives midland a first down in the red zone in the red zone the struggles continue here you have a drop pass uh then on second down here nunez 
goes over the middle but this one's intercepted by Jerrica Johnson here but almost immediately right after that St. Mary on offense Anaya Hooks at quarterback goes ahead and throws it to the flat and this one's intercepted by Casey Thompson and so that sets up Midland back in the red zone back in business here and then a play later here Nunez goes left towards the left sideline here and throws it to an open Casey Thompson that makes it six to zero Nunez would then find Olivia Dominguez Millsop for the extra point making it seven to zero now St. Mary back on offense to go ahead and get a quick first down here hooks finding her tight end Rebecca Ruck for that first down there but on second down, a huge Sydney Red sack would go ahead and make it a pretty tough third down. And on third down, the snap is mishandled by Hooks. And so that results in a fourth down and a punt here. Now, at 228 here, Nunez uh, starting on offense. I think this is the third drive here. Goes ahead and passes it to Casey Thompson, who gets a good gain. That puts them in the red zone here. After a Michaela Nunez scramble for about six, that brings up second and seven here. Nunez rolls out right and finds Casey Thompson in the end zone for her second touchdown of the day, making it 13 to zero. Nunez then on the extra point pitches it and goes, uh, I think that's to Jocelyn Lopez, who goes ahead and makes it 14 to zero. So all Midland so far here in the first quarter. Let's go into the second quarter here. In the second quarter, St. Mary trying to get something going. Hooks throws it to Jerrica Johnson on the swing route. She makes a couple people miss, gets a first down. That goes for about 10. But once again, Hooks is sacked on second down for a second time by Sydney Red. That brings up third and long here. But once more on third down, she is sacked this time by Casey Thompson. And so that forces another punt here. On the punt, Midland returns it past midfield, and so that's where they start here in St. Mary territory. Nunez throws it to the flat, and she goes and gets the first down, putting them in the red zone. Couldn't quite catch the number there, but regardless, in the red zone. In the red zone, they do have some struggles here. They have an incompletion on second down, an overthrow. That brings up third down. And then uh, on third down here, there's a dropped pass. And so that actually brings up fourth down here in the red zone. Nunez looks deep, but it kind of just looks like the receiver maybe missed time to jump or just didn't adjust as well as she could have to the ball. And so it's incomplete. That's a turnover on downs, which is a pretty big um, break for the Spires. But things on offense are just not going well here. I mean, on third down, the Spires have a chance to go ahead and convert here after a penalty thrown on Midland, but pressure from Sydney Red forces a throwaway, and so that brings up a fourth down and another Spires punt. Now, Midland looking to go up by three scores. This is what happens. Third down here, Michaela Nunez. Uh, goes ahead and pitches it to Jocelyn Lopez, who goes and gets the first down past midfield on a solid gain. Following that, it is first down. I believe it's first down again because there was a holding call on the Spires again. That was actually a pretty dangerous play that was almost intercepted. But regardless, a penalty though. And so repeating first down, Nunez on the option pitches it to Jocelyn Lopez, who once more gets a solid gain for a first down. That puts them in the red zone this time. 
Two plays later, it is third down here. Michaela Nunez drops back, finds Diva Jones, who spins and gets a couple more yards here. Almost scores, but not quite as in. That brings up fourth down. And on fourth down, Nunez finds Casey Thompson for her third touchdown of the day. That makes it 20-0. Then Nunez runs it in, making it 21-0. At this point, the game is basically over. Midland just dominating on defense, and the Spires just really not being able to get more than two first downs in a row. And they would continue to struggle here. And that's basically where I left off. Um, did come back and get the final score, though. And that final score is Midland beating University of St. Mary 48-0. A very dominant win for Midland here. Player of the game for me has to be Casey Thompson. I mean, she had a sack at halftime. She had three receiving touchdowns and that big interception. She was very dominant in this game as Midland just rolls over the Spires once more. The second time they did that this year. Now, let's go ahead and jump down to Kansas here over at Bethel. They are hosting Cotty here. For Cotty, they do get Angie Cruz back, I believe, but they're noticeably missing uh, Carrie Cloyd, Carrie on Cloyd here. And so that's definitely a big loss. Bethel looking to potentially, well, you know, get a win, but also definitely get better. They haven't scored yet. I don't believe they have yet this season. So definitely trying to get something going. And so on the first drive, here's how it gets started. Kyla Rome, starting quarterback for Bethel, goes right up the seam, finds a receiver. Uh, I believe it's her slot receiver who gets a huge first down. That goes for about 20 yards. A couple plays later, though, it's fourth and two here. They're going for it. Rome scrambles right up the middle. She gets the first down past midfield, extending this drive. A couple plays later, it is third down. Rome finds an open receiver. I believe that's Jaquel Tucker. On a nice little corner out here. It goes for a pretty big gain. That is a first down in the red zone here. About a 20-ish yard gain there. Let's go ahead and fast forward a couple plays here. It is fourth down here. Obviously, they haven't scored. This is their last chance to score, at least on this drive. Here's what happens. Kyler Rome finds Shaquille Tucker on the drag route, who goes and gets it in for the first touchdown, I believe, in Bethel history. First one of this game, and giving Bethel a lead 6-0 here, I believe, for the first time ever. Now, the extra point is stopped short on the scramble, but regardless, they have the touchdown. Now, Cody here... Uh, Interesting enough, it looks like they're rotating quarterbacks. They go ahead and start Jennifer Haberstock here. She does get a check down to Chandler Tall. That goes for a first down, but a couple plays in. It's just not going well. You have a number of uh, incompletions. One of them was a dropped pass here. Another, it looks like she has an open Joliet Johnson, but she stops running for like a half second, and that kind of throws the whole thing out of rhythm there. And then, like I said, a couple dropped passes and miscommunications. Cotty goes ahead and punts it on fourth down there. And then we have Bethel. They're back on offense, but they're just not getting too many yards here. By the way, Amaya Karula in as rusher. She's getting some good pressure, and so that forces a three and out. Now, Cotty, they go ahead, and it looks like they get Alyssa Hollis in there. At quarterback but it's basically all run plays uh, she does get a first down pass midfield right before the second quarter though and so let's go ahead and pick up in the second quarter Hollis 
throws it to Goodrich, who makes a player miss, gets about five yards. That's a solid gain. That does bring up third down here, and on third down, Hollis throws it short to the flats to Jolia Johnson, who makes the catch for a gain of about five. Still short, though. It's fourth down and three. But on fourth and three, they just go ahead and call a quarterback keeper. Hollis keeps it, runs it right up the middle. That gets them into the red zone for the first time today. But... Unfortunately, later in this drive, there is a holding penalty thrown on Cotty, which pushes them back pretty significantly here. It's like second and 25 or something like that. The best they could do after a couple uh, short gains is fourth and 15. And so here we go, fourth and 15 in the red zone. Hollis under pressure, forced to throw to Jolia Johnson in the middle of the field. But she's not really in any position to score. It's like still 10 yards short of the end zone and she's surrounded. And so she's dropped pretty much immediately. That's a turnover on downs. But Bethel not able to really go ahead and take advantage of that stop there. They do get a first down after Rome spins out of a sack and goes and gets it. But eventually, it is third down. And on third down, they do attempt a little double pass here. It looks like uh, Mackenzie Harkins is the one who's throwing it. But this one's almost picked. And so it does bring up eventually fourth down. And they go ahead and just punt it here. Now, once more, it looks like Haberstock is back in, I want to say, at quarterback. And so let's go ahead and fast forward to fourth and two. They're on the edge of the red zone and they go ahead and just call a uh, quarterback keeper to Haberstock who goes and gets the first down that puts them in the red zone once more but on first down Haberstock sacked by a Bethel rusher I believe that's number 15 not currently listed on the roster but still a pretty big play once more once again they try to call a little run play here it looks like uh, an end around I want to say or some sort of sweep play to Joliet Johnson but that is also stopped short by number 15 a play later here or sorry after the timeout here it is third down Jennifer Haberstock goes deep and has an open uh Daniela Goodrich but I maybe there was sun in her eyes I don't know she kind of just drops this one or just doesn't adjust well to this one and so that's tough. That brings up fourth down here. And on fourth down, Haberstock tries to go deep, but it is very much underthrown. And so that is definitely broken up. And that is basically the end of the first half here. Not too much really going on. Um, even in the third quarter, not too much going on to start. Cotty keeps Haberstock in. They do hand it off to Karula here, but it just doesn't quite work out. Uh, there on that play and so they go ahead and put Amaya Karula back in at quarterback uh, this is her first drive in at quarterback I believe uh, but it doesn't exactly go great it's third and ten here and Karula gets sacked by Kyle Rome that brings a fourth down and they punt it uh, Bethel they do get a first down here that was mostly penalty yards on Cotty for holding though which is definitely a personal problem on Cotty but eventually they get a stop here uh Rome is sacked by Karula I believe that is the second time there and then she's sacked again by Daniela Takashima Gonzalez I want to say and so that eventually forces a Bethel punt and so here we go Cotty with the ball about midway through 
I want to say the third quarter here. Haber stocking at quarterback takes a shot deep to Joliet Johnson, which she has to come back for, but she still makes the catch, and she also gets them across midfield. So a catch is a catch. That goes for 25 yards there. Following that, Carula back in at quarterback, decides to scramble on first down, splits the defenders, dips below both of them, and then continues running, getting about 25 yards on a big play. That puts Cotty back in the red zone. But let's go ahead and fast forward to third down here. Third down, Carrillo under pressure, throws the check down to Kenzie Murdoch, but it looks to be a penalty thrown on Bethel, and so that will move Cotty up and make it third and four, repeating third down. And here we go, third and four, Carrillo squeezes a tight throw to the flat, to Shamis Lee, who gets the touchdown to tie this thing at 6-6. Six to six. The extra point is intercepted, so it doesn't matter. But speaking of things that don't matter, Bethel was on offense, and Alyssa Hollis gets a huge sack that would eventually force this drive to not matter, matter here as Bethel was just not able to move the ball, and they go three and out. And so here we go back in at quarterback is Haberstock. She goes ahead and takes a shot downfield to Jolia Johnson on a nice little corner route. Uh, Johnson makes a great catch here before getting a huge chunk of yards. It looks like she's about to score for a second there, but is caught from behind. That goes for about 40 yards. It's like first down and one in the red zone here. Let's go ahead and fast forward to play. It's second down here, actually. Maya Krula goes ahead and takes off. And scores, making it a 12-6 Cotty lead there, giving them the first lead of the day. Now, let's go ahead and go to the fourth quarter. The extra point's no good, by the way. But let's go to the fourth quarter here. Second down for Bethel. Rome, once again, sacked by Carula. I believe that has to be Carula's either second or third sack of the game so far. On third down, Rome tries to scramble, but she is stopped to the line. That loss of yards plus the lack of yards on that gain uh, does eventually force another Bethel punt. Bethel just kind of struggling to move the ball downfield here, having some self-inflicted uh, mistakes, honestly. So, there you go. Now, let's go ahead and go to Cotty here. And fast forward to a fourth and three situation. They're going for it. And on fourth and three, Karula takes off and scrambles. Just barely gets the first down past midfield, but still gets it. Now, two plays later, third and five. Karula buys some time before throwing towards the left sideline and finding Joliet Johnson. And that goes ahead and puts them in the red zone just like that. Unfortunately, they go a little cold in the red zone. Two completions in a row brings up third down. On third down, Krula goes deep for Shamie's lead, but Lee just doesn't adjust to this throw as well as she could, and she definitely could have. So once more, that's incomplete there. That brings up fourth down here, and on fourth down, Krula throws it deep to Johnson, but this one just goes way out of bounds. It looks like the wind takes it, and so that's a turnover on downs. But... Third and one here for Bethel. Rome trying to get something going. Only down by six here in the fourth. Goes deep, but Daniela Goodridge snatches this one and gets a good return for Cotty, putting them in the red zone. Obviously a huge play to end a Bethel drive and potentially put Cotty in a position to score here. Unfortunately, it does come down to a fourth down situation. Carula tries to go deep into the back of the end zone. Um, but it's incomplete. And on top of that, I think Kenzie Murdoch accidentally pumps a Bethel defender too hard because they do throw a penalty on her. But like I said, it's incomplete. So turnover on downs 
anyways. Now, second down here for Bethel, trying to get something going here. Uh, Rome tries to go deep once more, but once more, Daniela Goodridge gets her second interception of the game and goes ahead and gets Cotty the ball back, killing yet another Bethel drive and a play into this drive at second down. Carrillo forced to scramble, gets about five yards there. Another play in third down here. Carrillo on the design quarterback run goes ahead and gets the touchdown, making it 18 to six. And that is basically the end of this game. Bethel not able to get anything after that. Cotty comes back and beats Bethel 18 to six here. All their touchdowns coming in the second half. Once Amaya Carula goes in. And player of the game obviously has to be Amaya Carula. Uh, three passing touchdowns, two sacks. Interesting enough that they were moving quarterbacks in and out of the lineup. But no, Haber stock out some good plays to Joliet Johnson. But Amaya Carula really got them going in the second half and gave Cotty another win here. And so it'll be interesting to see how they move forward at the quarterback position. Uh, they used three different quarterbacks between Haberstock, Hollis, and, and Carula. And, you know, we'll see if they continue to stick with that or if they just settle on one. But definitely help getting Daniela, uh, well, Daniela Goodridge was already back. But getting Cruz back, I mean, that absolutely was huge. Getting Angie Cruz back, it'll probably be big as well getting Cloyd back for the next game. But for now, Cotty takes care of business and wins 18-6. to Alright, now before I move on to the last game, I do want to talk about this Kaiser versus Reinhardt game. Uh, wasn't able to watch it. I just couldn't find a live stream. The link was not the right link and whatnot. And I definitely looked and it just wasn't there. And this is probably for the best here. And so, really, I'm just going to talk about this real quick here. I mean, Kaiser played Reinhardt here. Kaiser obviously five and two. Reinhardt, uh, well now three and nine, and Kaiser's now five and two, I believe. But Kaiser won eighty-six to six here. That eighty-six points, I believe, is the most points scored um, so far this flag football season, and maybe all time. I might need a check. I might need a check, but this is probably the highest score in any flag football game since this has become a sport in college here. And so that's huge here. Uh, look, there's there's a lot of differences here. Kaiser, they're a three-year program. Reinhardt, first-year program. On top of that, they're like I said in the previous recap of their game from April 1st, they are loot. They don't. They are without, I should say, a couple players. They don't have Joel Jarrett. They haven't had her for a couple games. They don't have Carson Paget, who is a pretty big deal, I would say, uh, for their defense. As a rusher, she does a lot for them. And, you know, against a team like Kaiser, you have to apply pressure, you know, especially against those talented quarterbacks and a loaded receiving core. And so there's, there's definitely a lot going on here for sure. But 86 to 6 is 86 to 6. This is pretty much expected, I would say, out of Kaiser. It's insane for sure, but I would definitely say it is expected here. Now, I mean, let's just go ahead and just talk about the stats. I think that's really the only thing left to do here. Jasmine Roden, only 20 passing attempts, but won 13 of 20. 206 yards, 5 touchdowns. 
they also put in their backup Haley Young who went 15 of 19 even better 202 yards and six touchdowns together those two through for 28 and 40 408 yards and 11 touchdowns in this game uh, Jasmine Roden actually had a rushing touchdown as well so each quarterback had six touchdowns apiece at receiving here Kennedy Foster lead receiver seven receptions 109 yards four touchdowns Emma Wagonman having a game here three receptions 70 yards three touchdowns Sophia Caprio the freshman six receptions 62 yards and two touchdowns then Molina Trinidad had one reception for 60 yards and a touchdown there uh, oh, and then Aliana Agosto, I want to say, also had a receiving touchdown. So there's all 11 there. On defense, defensively, they also went to work here. I mean, I think this was definitely a game that the defense needed to just kind of get back on track, gain a little bit more confidence here, even if it is a little overkill. But lead tackler, Samaya Bryant, six tackles. She also had three tackles for loss and a sack and an interception and a pass breakup. So definitely uh, one of the MVPs on this defense here. Alexis Santiago had four tackles and an interception and a breakup here. Uh, Adriana Cavallotti had two interceptions uh, for a combined 51 return yards. I wonder if she got a pick six potentially. She must have because 11 times seven is 77. So yeah, there must have been a defensive touchdown thrown in there at one point. Um, just going down the line, Reagan Pellegrino had a sack, Emma Wagman had a sack, Sophia Caprio on defense, a rare sighting of her on defense, I feel like at least, I don't think she normally plays defense, could be wrong though, she had an interception there, uh, Jade McGrain had only an interception in this game, yeah, they were, they were definitely going to work, oh, and they punted, mm. oh wait, those are just returns, never mind. I don't believe they punted this game or had to punt this game. So there you go. Now, Reinhardt, uh, interesting enough, I think there's a lot to take away from this. I think the most important thing for Reinhardt to take away from this is that Ashlyn McKinley got the majority of the snaps and the starts. 32 pass attempts. Uh, Kalia Wimbush with only two. So definitely keep an eye on that. Wimbush has been the starter of the last couple games, but you did see McKinley come in at the end of the last game uh, previous to this one. And then she must have started the majority of this game here. And she did provide some solid offense. But I mean, just a tough day. Six interceptions, was sacked two times to get a long of 66 yards, though. But went 18 of 32 for 153 yards and a touchdown. Honestly, at that point, you just got to ride it out with your young quarterback. They got to learn, right? And they got to get better regardless of the score. That's just how these things go, where they're just not going to develop. And so it'll be interesting to see which freshman quarterback they roll with, whether it's McKinley or Wimbush here. I think from what I've seen from McKinley, at least in this last game, not this game, obviously, because I was not able to see it, but in the last game, there's definitely something there. I mean, she was recruited for a reason, right? And so we'll just have to see. Now, on the ground, 29 rushing yards, Tatiana Alacock, only one attempt on the ground, which is interesting. Usually, they kind of hand it off to her a lot here, but I like that Reinhardt is trying to figure out their passing game just a little bit more. They were probably forced to. Now, in the receiving game, interesting enough, Nina Johnson, six receptions, 108 yards, and a receiving touchdown, also with a long of 66. She had another long touchdown against St. Thomas. 
she's kind of emerging as the number one wide receiver. She's made some excellent catches, you know, the uh, last couple games here. I think it's more about consistency, though. She has had a couple drops as well. But Amani Lindsay right behind her, three receptions, 32 yards, and then after that, nobody got over 10 reception or sorry, 10 receiving yards. So there you go. Now on defense, lead tackler Victoria Salmon, um, and then I believe Anaya or Ayana, excuse me, Morris had a tackle for loss, and then Tia Gay had a tackle for loss like i said a very a little bit depleted uh team reinhardt team here they definitely have more than what is listed i see nina johnson's also on here she had four tackles i mean just looking at some of the defenders here salmon johnson alicock branham and mckinley are all i would say offensive players um the big parts of the offense as well and so for them to be playing both ways especially playing sun conference teams that are so deep both ways that is never the greatest situation but you work with what you got and so there you go kaiser comes away with the dub as they should all right now let's go ahead and talk about the last game here Honestly, probably the game you've been waiting for or you already skipped to, so welcome uh, if you did just skip to this recap. But we have Ottawa versus Kansas Wesleyan. This is their last meetup here in the regular season before they probably ultimately play in the KCAC Women's Flag Football Tournament, their little conference tournament um, at the end of the season. That's April 28th and April 29th, by the way, just putting that out there. Now, in their first matchup, they played in Salina. And Ottawa, in their home opener, or sorry, I guess not their home opener, in their season opener, won 33-6. It just wasn't super close in that one. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan, obviously, with a new head coach, so it is a new era there. But looking to, you know, definitely make it closer and be more competitive here. Kansas Wesleyan have been on a tear since then, and Ottawa obviously has been undefeated playing FAU, UCF, Midland, and Cotty uh, before this game. But they're back at home here. They're in Ottawa, Kansas. Let's hop into this game. OU actually gets the ball to start here, and I believe they do get, uh, well, they get a couple first downs. They actually get into the red zone, and they do get to the 12, I believe. But on fourth down, Kansas Wesleyan goes ahead and gets a key stop here. And so Kansas Wesleyan obviously takes over from that spot and they go ahead and drive about 58 yards. Here's seven plays. A lot of that coming from a big time 34 yard rush from Brianna Hernandez Silva, their quarterback. That would go ahead and put them in a position to score. And that's what they would do on a short run to Kieran DeCure for the touchdown. Brianna Hernandez Silva would get the extra point, making it 7-0 to zero with about 551 left, uh, I want to say, in the first quarter. Following that, Ottawa, they would go ahead and get a first down here, but would kind of sputter once more and have to punt it here. KWU playing really good defense early on. Now, let's go ahead and fast forward a little bit to the second quarter here. I believe this was at the beginning of the second quarter, but 11 plays, 44 yards. Kansas Wesleyan drives down. They get into the red zone. It's actually fourth down in the red zone once more. And so, obviously, they're going for it here. And on fourth down, Brianna Hernandez-Silva decides to scramble. She actually beats DJ Paris to the edge here and scores, making it 13-0. to 
Following that, Brianna Hernandez Silva rolls out left and finds a receiver, making it 14 to 0. So I'm just going to say, uh, excuse me if I miss any numbers and player names here for Kansas Wesleyan. It's a little, it was a little hard to see their jerseys. So I'm just, just putting that out there. But most importantly, Kansas Wesleyan takes a 14 to 0 lead. I don't know if they've ever been up by that much before. Ottawa here. I mean, just starting really slow. And so with about 10 minutes left here, Madison Carrera tries to get something going. And so here's where we're going to pick it up. First down, Carrera forced out the pocket. Scrambles about for six yards and gets the first down to get things started. Following that, Carrera finds Camacho, Jaslyn Camacho, for about five yards on the out route. On second down, there's it has to be some sort of miscommunication as Carrera takes a shot deep. But it doesn't look like her receiver is running the correct route. And so that brings up third down here. And on third down, Carrera tries to throw it over the middle, it looks like. But Jada Wilson uh, jumps this route and almost picks it off. It's in her hands, basically, at this point. But it is dropped, so Ottawa is forced to punt it. So regardless, they give the ball back up to Kansas Wesleyan. Now, Kansas Wesleyan, they are in a position to go up by three scores here. But here's what happens. Brianna Hernandez Silva on first down, forced out right, finds Angel Roman for about five. Second down, Hernandez Silva under pressure, forced to throw it away. Um, pressure by Suzanne Kaufman and Hannah Sorquina. Uh, Sorquina, excuse me. Third down, Hernandez Silva has an open Angel Amares right down the middle. She aims for her, she throws it, but overshoots her by just a little bit here. So obviously a missed opportunity here. Kansas Wesleyan going a potentially costly three and out now madison carrera she has the ball back let's go ahead and fast forward to third and four here carrera scrambles out left before getting it to hodgins uh, just a little freestyle play here who puts them in the red zone here now following that uh let's fast forward two plays third and 13 carrera throws it to Alyssa linkus who Almost scores, but is a couple yards short. It's like fourth and two here. And so on fourth and two, Ottawa looking to score. Kansas Wesleyan obviously trying to stop that. Carrera rolls out right and finds a wide open receiver in the back of the end zone. Kind of baits in two defenders. And one of them was definitely supposed to stay back and cover that receiver. And then she just finds a wide open Maya Quinn in the back. That makes it 14 to six here. Following that, Carrera throws it kind of towards the right corner here. And Maya Quinn just makes a great catch here. Honestly, just a tough physical catch. Just beats the defender. That's just what it comes down to. And they go ahead and dig into this lead a little bit, uh, making it 14-7. to Still Kansas Wesleyan leading, though. Now, KWU, they got the ball here. Let's go ahead and go to third down here. Brianna Hernandez-Silva decides to scramble and goes and gets the first down to get this drive started. Now, first down here. Hernandez Silva rolls out left, interesting enough, and then throws it deep. It's deflected by Haley McKay. I believe it goes off of Jasmine Whitfield's hands. I had to watch this a couple of times. And into the hands of Kieran DeCure here. Just a very... <laughs> 
It's a lucky play. I'm not even going to lie. It just kind of pops up in the air. And they're lucky that Dakira was there to go ahead and catch this one. Because she houses this one for about 50 yards here. The Ottawa, you know, crowd was kind of getting into it. This was definitely a crowd silencer momentarily. Making it 20 to seven extra point is no good on this one but wow just what a play here great heads up play by kieran decure to go ahead and catch it off the tip here and score it looks like that one auburn play you know what i'm talking about uh if you are a fan of college football where they threw it deep and went off the hands of two defenders and then an auburn wide receiver happened to catch it it looks almost exactly like that and so there you go kansas wesleyan everything going their way so far here but there is 44 seconds left enough time for ottawa to potentially get a score here and so here we go let's go ahead and get to third down here there's about 29 seconds third and 10 this uh kins wesleyan defense playing pretty well so far here but it's third and 10 29 seconds left carrera stands in the pocket but is forced to scramble and gets her flag pulled by Alexa Mansur. But it is in bounds. And so Ottawa definitely has to call a time out here before this fourth down. There's about 19 seconds left here. So there you go. Now, following that, Carrera goes ahead and hits Alyssa Linkus on the out. But her flag is pulled before she gets out of bounds. So once more, Ottawa is forced to use another timeout. This is actually their last timeout. And so there's about 15 seconds left. But they do have the first down past midfield here. And so 15 seconds left. Here we go. Madison Carrera drops back. And she goes deep. And she's trying to find Bailey Hodgins, who's in double coverage. You know, she has a corner trailing her. She has a safety over the top. And Carrera drops it in the bucket here. Hodgins makes the catch. And most importantly, uh, the other important part of this catch, she goes ahead and reaches the ball overhead, over her head excuse me, as she's falling backwards into the end zone. And that goes for a touchdown to make it a 20-13 game here. And then with 7 seconds left here with on the actual point, Carrera just goes ahead and scrambles and makes it a 20-14 game. And so obviously there's no 14 point plays but you can cut into the lead before halftime that's a huge momentum shift for ottawa just a dot by madison carrera and then for bailey hodgins to have the self-awareness to go ahead and reach over because if she is down on the one i think well actually i believe that would be a first down and so they would temporarily stop the clock but once it's set the clock is running and ottawa has no timeouts and so they would have to go right away uh, from there, which, I, you know, uh, there's no guarantees. And so just a great play by both the quarterback and the wide receiver to go ahead and get it done and cut into this lead. Still, though, they are trailing. And so let's go ahead and get into the third quarter. Kansas Wesleyan actually starts with the ball here because Ottawa got it in the first half. And second down here, Brianna Hernandez-Silva goes ahead and scrambles right. Gets a first down to get this drive started. But a couple plays later, including two Brianna Hernandez-Silva uh, scrambles here for about 15-ish yards. It is fourth down and three near midfield here. And Kansas Wesleyan chooses to punt it. And I'm just going to be honest, just looking at body language and seeing the players, their offense definitely does not like that. And they definitely wanted to go for it. But I have to go with the head coach here. This is definitely the smarter decision to go ahead and punt it here at midfield. 
rather than potentially give Ottawa the ball at midfield. At best here, if you're Kansas Wesleyan, you want Ottawa to take their time on this drive. You know, at least work for it. And so they go ahead and punt it. 8.36 left. That's where we pick up here uh, for Ottawa looking to tie this game only down by six, mind you. So here we go. Second down, Carrera under pressure. Finds Alyssa Linkus over the middle, who is just able to get the first down there. Following that second down here, Carrera throws the post to Alyssa Linkus, and she's able to bring it in for a first down pass midfield. This is about a 20-yard pass, which is a good throw by Carrera and a great catch by Linkus here. Following that, let's go ahead and get to second down here. Uh, Carrera. Throws it to the flat to Bailey Hodgins, who goes and gets the first down, making a person miss. Uh, and that also puts them in the red zone here. Now, following that, let's go to third and five here. Carrera is under pressure, and she has Mandolin Scalisi on the swing route here. She throws it her way, but I don't think she was really expecting it here. And so that actually goes incomplete. And so that is a pretty key down there it brings up fourth and five here now i'm not saying if she caught it she would have scored but she would have had the opportunity to potentially put a move on someone and if she made that first person miss she probably would have scored but that still hurts regardless anyways though fourth and five ottawa they go ahead and call a timeout the first timeout of the half before they attempt this one so they have two timeouts moving forward 328 left here fourth and five here here we go carrera forced to get it out quick to Jaslyn Camacho here over the middle. It looks like it's a either slant and dra or drag route here, but she is stopped pretty well short by a bunch of uh, Kansas Wesleyan players here. Uh, just a good defense by Kansas Wesleyan to force the quick throw, uh, force her to get it out, and she's not able to rush because there are two players rushing her, and so that's a pretty key turnover on downs here. Almost a five-minute drive that resulted in nothing for Ottawa. So here we go. Kansas Wesleyan still with the lead. Here's what happens. Um, second down here, Brianna Hernandez-Silva rolls out left, which is trying to... It's a little interesting, I'm not going to lie. But she rolls out left, tries to throw it, but she's pretty easily sacked by Suzanne Kaufman. That's a pretty big sack right there. That makes it third and 12 here. And on third and 12... Hernandez Silva under pressure once more. I believe she goes ahead and underhands this throw. And it's a quick little underhand throw here. Um, to, I believe, Kendra Velasquez Monroe. If I'm wrong, sorry. Like I said, I can't see the jersey number super well. But she goes ahead and just sprints. Like, just dead line sprints for the first down. And she goes ahead and gets it. Which is key considering it was a third and long right there. And so that's basically where we pick up here in the fourth quarter. A couple plays later, it's third and nine here. Hernandez Silva drops back. She throws it deep, has a receiver wide open downfield here. But unfortunately, this ball is definitely thrown more towards out of bounds here instead of uh, farther down the field. And so could have been a potential touchdown or even a long first down. Ends up being a turnover on downs, which is definitely a huge break for Ottawa here as Kansas Wesleyan obviously punts it on fourth and nine. So 11-18 left here. Plenty of time here for Ottawa. 
they go ahead and go to work. Second and 10 here, Carrera scrambles around. Then eventually lofts one to Bailey Hodgins, who gets a key first down past midfield. It's definitely something I'm noticing, not only in this game, but in most games when things get a little hairy for Madison Carrera. You know, when she's trying to freestyle looking downfield, Bailey Hodgins has come clutch a lot of times to go ahead and get those near sideline catches and the first down, most importantly there. So definitely relying on, on a little bit more freestyling uh, after the play breaks down to get those yards which is all that matters at this point getting first downs and scoring and so here we go first down pass midfield Carrera drops back once again throws the post to Alyssa Linkus this time she catches it and this time she breaks free here and just gashes this Kansas Wesleyan defense a missed flagpole would definitely hurt them as she goes 40 yards to the house and ties this game here clutch throw by Carrera and an even more clutch run by Link is following that catch to go ahead and tie this game on the extra point Carrera runs around buying a lot of time eventually once again finds Maya Quinn wide open in the back of the end zone that makes it 21 to 20 so here we go Ottawa they have the lead they're at home still though a lot of time left 10 minutes left in this game let's go to third and two here third down and two Brianna Hernandez Silva throws it and it is incomplete but there is a flag in the backfield here which is on Ottawa and it's a roughing the passer call on Ottawa which gives Kansas Wesley in a first down and I don't know how you do that but you do and I I don't I don't know just it's obviously not a good uh foul to have a good penalty to have here and you gotta have a little bit more restraint at this point but you know hey it is what it is to get the first down moving forward Brianna Hernandez Silva uh under pressure pitches it forward to Kendra Velasquez Monroe gets a solid gain for about uh, well a first down past midfield so it really doesn't matter how much she got there still got the first down regardless now, let's go ahead and fast forward here to third down and 10 here. Ottawa in a good position to potentially stop them. Brianna Hernandez-Silva rolls out right and tries to loft one over the middle. But once again, there is a flag on Ottawa for a pass interference. Definitely kind of looks like there's maybe a little bit of a push there. So that makes it now third and one, almost a first down. Doesn't matter though as Brianna Hernandez-Silva just throws the curl uh, slash hitch route to Kieran DeCure, who gives them a first down in the red zone. Now, a chance to potentially score here. Here's what happens. Doesn't start out great as there is a drop pass on first down, but on second down here, Brianna Hernandez-Silva rolls out left and is almost intercepted by Addy Orsburn. Just a great play by Addy here, uh, almost picking this one off. It would have been a really tough interception to make, which is not the greatest decision by Hernandez Silva. That brings up third and 18 here. Brianna Hernandez Silva does have an open receiver in the end zone, but unfortunately the throw is just a little bit too high. That's fourth and 18. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan actually calls a timeout here. Uh, so they have two timeouts going forward with about 3.37 left. And so coming out the timeout, here we go. Brianna Hernandez-Silva throws it to the corner. Angel Roman is there, but she's just not able to bring in the catch and toe-tap this thing in. And so that is just a turnover on downs. Good stop there by Ottawa. 
So, 325 left. Still plenty of game to go here. If you're Ottawa, you definitely be comfortable with another score just to get a little bit more distance because you are currently clinging to a one-point lead. And so, here we go. First down, Carrera under pressure, checks it down to Scalisi. She goes for about 10, but they also throw illegal contact uh, on Kansas Wesleyan. So that moves Ottawa past midfield here. It was already going to be a first down, but that is just a costly penalty to have to even add on more yardage and get them past midfield. Anyways, Ottawa past midfield at this point here. On first down, Carrera Throws the out to Scalisi once more, who gets another 10-yard gain or so. Second down here, Carrera scrambles and gets the first down to go ahead and put them in the red zone. Everything going Ottawa's way, at least on offense at this point here. Following that, Carrera forced to check down to Scalisi. Um, doesn't get any yards this time, though. That brings up second down, and on second down, Carrera on the run. Throws it to Alyssa Linkus, who reaches out. Uh, reaches the football out after she makes the catch here and makes it a 27 to 20 game here key touchdown for Ottawa and then on the extra point Carrera patient in the pocket not under pressure this time eventually finds Jaslyn Camacho in the back of the end zone once more to make it 28 to 20 at this point one minute seven seconds left it's not out of reach for Kansas Wesleyan. If they get a touchdown, they could still go for a two here and tie the game. And so Ottawa, look, they need a stop no matter what at this point. And so here we go. Hernandez Silva throws the out route, and that is good for a first down. And I believe she also gets out of bounds, so they conserve a time out there. After a quick shovel pass to Kendra Velasquez Monroe, that goes for nine yards, second and nine here. Brianna Hernandez Silva. Rolls out right and throws towards the right sideline here. Putting this one on a line. And I believe that's Angel Roman on the catch. Who makes the 20-yard catch and toe taps it in. And gets out of bounds as well. Just an excellent throw here. And an excellent catch to get them going. That's a first down pass midfield. At this point, there's 30 seconds left here. Still got their two timeouts, uh, mind you. So, here we go. Hernandez Silva on first down. Rolls out right and throws a dart towards the sideline and that player makes a great catch sorry i couldn't see the receiver jersey there but that's a huge catch there that makes it first and 18 kansas wesleyan now in the red zone with still both their timeouts here following that brianna hernandez silver runs around and takes a shot into the end zone takes a bit too much time here if you ask me but does take a shot into the end zone here and it is just barely missed here, just off the mark. And so that's eight seconds left. Well, now there's eight seconds left on the clock because of how much time was taken off there. So that's kind of, uh, uh, that's a little bit of a mistake. I'm not going to lie there. But, you know, hindsight is 2020. We'll talk about that more later here. Anyways, back to the game. Eight seconds left. Second in 18 here. Hernandez Silva tries to throw the out route. It is there, but it is a little overthrown. At this point, it's third down, still 18. About four seconds left. So this basically is probably the last play here, unless she gets it out quick. But 20-yard throw is not easy to make here, uh, just like that, especially against a talented Ottawa defense. And so here we go. Brianna Hernandez Silva rolls all the way out right. To me, in real time, it looks like she gets the ball off here, taking a shot downfield. And Angel Roman catches the touchdown here. But 
They go ahead and rule that Brianna Hernandez Silva got sacked here by DJ Paris. And Ottawa wins 28-20 to here. Um, definitely a huge play. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. Like I said, in my notes, it looked like to me that she got the ball out. And I rewatched it a couple of times over. And it's honestly a tough call <laughs> to make in real time. And on top of, I'm going to also say this as well. You know, the camera angle from where I'm at, you know, Hernandez Silva is scrambling opposite of that. And so the defender, DJ Paris, is kind of diving. And so her body is definitely covering, you know, where her flags are. It looks like she gets her hands on her flags. Now, whether those flags are pulled or not is another question you know but obviously you gotta trust the refs here you gotta make a tough call there's no replay at least i don't think in the regular season there isn't uh because they didn't really look at this one and that was that you know and ottawa they go ahead and survive here winning 28 to 20 at home and you know that's just a tough go but ottawa they came through here gotta give a lot of credit to the coaching staff for sure keeping this team focused i think they definitely came into the game uh, a little bit too confident, a little unfocused. They played Cotty right before, and even in that game, you could tell maybe they were a little bit too confident and unfocused in that one. And so they definitely weren't as sharp, but they got it together, which is what matters, you know. And a lot of credit to the coaching staff, uh, the Sour Sisters getting them right, which they usually do. And then credit to the offense as well, just making plays because this Kansas Wesleyan defense, you know, they were scheming up some things. And they were getting after them. But at the end of the day, you know, these Ottawa players, they just made more plays. You know, that's what it came down to. And a lot of it, I would say as well, was off script to the number of times Madison Carrera just ran around and eventually found a receiver in the back of the end zone. It happened a lot, whether it was extra points or touchdowns. Both of those matter in a close game like this. That's what it comes down to. On top of that, even uh, the running around and freestyling before, you know, they score here. Like I said, a lot of those passes to Bailey Hodgins where she's just there on the sideline, you know. And you can always rely on her to get open near the sideline and pass the first down marker. And she does that on a consistent basis. Those are drive savers. You know, those are drive savers. And then a lot of props to Madison Carrera just making it happen. But let's go ahead and talk about the box score here before we talk a little bit more about the game. Madison Carrera, masterclass performance, 26 of 34, 286 yards. Jeez, she only had eight incompletions. But anyways, 286 passing yards, four passing touchdowns. Uh, had a long of 38 here, it looks so there you go. At least that's what it says on the stat sheet. Was sacked three times. So, boom. Also had 42 rushing yards, no touchdowns, but was obviously the lead rusher in this one. And then receiving-wise, Alyssa Linkus came up huge as well. 11 receptions, 146 yards, two touchdowns. Obviously, a couple of those post-route plays were definitely big time for her, but they kind of adjusted near the... Well, kind of the second half of this game, I would say, you know, having her run a lot more shorter stuff, a lot more of those drags uh, outs, I guess, just stuff over the middle, right, to really just get a good five or six yards of pop here as Kansas Wesleyan was kind of just allowing that, which I'm not mad at that, you know, strategy. You got to do what you got to do to win. So there you go. 
But right behind Alyssa Linkus, Bailey Hodgins, seven receptions, 86 yards, a touchdown. She was real key in this one. Jaslyn Camacho, three receptions, 24 yards. Man, uh, Mando Scalisi, three receptions, 24 yards. Wow, those are exactly the same. Anyways, Maya Quinn, one reception for three yards, but a key touchdown. She also had that key extra point as well that originally gave Ottawa that one point 21 to 20 lead there and that was a real tough catch it's not shown here in the stat sheet but that was extremely important to this game now talking defense here lead tackler Abby Brown as expected seven tackles in this one uh Suzanne Kaufman had a good game five tackles also had a pretty key sack there as well DJ Paris two tackles and then that key sack at the end to save this game here because that would have been a touchdown if she didn't pull her flag. So there you go. Now, talking Kansas Wesleyan stats here real quick. Uh, Brianna Hernandez-Silva, she played a pretty good game. 23 of 36, 230 yards, uh, passing touchdown, no picks, was sacked two times. On the ground, she also led with 83 rushing yards and a touchdown. Kieran DeCure also had two rushing yards and a touchdown in this one as they went to work. Uh, lead receiver was also Kieran DeCure, nine receptions, 106 yards, a touchdown. Angel Roman came up big here, nine receptions, 65 yards. Kendra Velasquez Monroe had some really key first downs and some check down passes, three receptions, 38 yards there. So those are your leaders there. Talking defense, the defense, in my opinion, did a really good job um, against Ottawa, which is argued, well, they are the top offense, I would say, in the country right now. But anyways, Lexi Marquez, 12 tackles in this one. Uh, Shania Marape, 8 tackles, 3 sacks in this game, which were huge here. Just applying a lot of pressure uh, there. Then you have uh, Layla Kassilin here. I think, oh, they have her listed twice. That's interesting. But 2 tackles, either 1 sack or 2. That's, I don't know, that has to be a mistake uh, there. But there you go. I mean, hey, this was a tough game. Kansas Wesleyan, they got off to a hot start. Part of it, like I said as well, Ottawa was maybe not the sharpest to start this game. They've had some relatively slow starts, at least compared to last year. It's felt like some relatively slow starts. It kind of caught up to them in this game as Kansas Wesleyan did have a 14-0 lead at one point. Obviously, it didn't matter. Ottawa had to scrape and claw back into it. Still won 28-20, but... You know, a lot of credit to Kansas Wesleyan and their head coach, Melinda Wynn. Game played really well. Uh, it was a very much a strategic battle, I would say, between these two. Obviously, Ottawa trying to dig out of their own grave here and make up for some of the mistakes they did make in the first half, getting off to a slow start. Kansas Wesleyan just trying to maintain this lead. And they had their chances, you know. And I don't think, you know, I, I don't think uh, there were any fourth down place where they punted that they should have went for in my opinion i think all the fourth downs that they went for you know i understand and all the fourth downs they punted i also understood as well because in this game especially when you're up you need to run out the clock on ottawa and you have to trust your defense it's a trust thing you know and for the most part, this defense definitely did a good job on offense. I mean, they didn't score at all in the first half. And so obviously that's going to hurt. You got into the red zone at the end of this game and it came down to a play like literally maybe a half second, probably shorter, you know, that was short of a touchdown that obviously has 
to hurt. I think probably the biggest um, play here, or I guess the biggest drive that would affect this game was with about seven minutes left, eight minutes left in the second quarter where Kansas Wesleyan just went three and out. And, you know, one of those plays was because Ottawa sent really good pressure led by Kaufman and Serquina, uh, Serquina there. But yeah, you, you missed an open throw downfield on third down on the post slash seam. It's probably one you wanted back. Angel Amaras was open. That's kind of a tough one. Uh, I'm not saying they would have scored, but you wouldn't have won three and out. And in a game where all these seconds matter, you know, that... That, that would have went a long way, you know, in potentially setting them up, uh, going up by three scores and obviously take all the points you could get against the national champs. So there you go. Kansas Wesleyan. I mean, hey, it's just tough at the end of the day. You got to learn from this one. The next time you see them will be in the KCAC tournament. That's probably a win you would probably like more rather than in the regular season if you could do that again but i promise you next time ottawa plays kansas wesleyan i don't believe they will get off to as slow as a start now ottawa hey i mean like i said a lot of credit to them they grit this one out here um you know what we'll actually talk more about this in the power ranking section so i'll save some thoughts for that Let's go ahead and talk about player of the week, playmaker of the week, and then all the players of the game as well, just reviewing over that as well. Now in this Weber versus FMU game here, player of the game, Caleb Burrow, seven receptions, 136 receiving yards, receiving touchdown, also had six tackles in that one. In the Ottawa versus Cotty game here, I mean, this was a blowout, but I think I'm just going to go with Madison Carrera, 13 of 22, 173 passing yards, four passing touchdowns also 64 rushing yards geez has definitely been on a tear as of late now moving on to the march 30th games here against thomas definitely a couple people to pick from um i'm gonna actually kind of change it just a little bit i know in my recap you know i i only said alexa wilson but i also want to shout out janae scott as well wilson you know she had a bunch of touchdowns in this game she did a good job leading the offense but janae scott 11 tackles in this one putting in a lot of work here for thomas definitely gotta give her credit so i'm gonna throw her into the running for playmaker of the week because i can you know so st thomas versus weber uh this was a big upset win for st thomas they won 25 to 14 over weber here and i don't believe i have the stats unfortunately but definitely gotta go kaylee miller uh had a really big touchdown where she just made a bunch of people miss and took it like 40 yards to the house was also just having a great game getting first downs getting good gains all throughout so kaylee miller of st thomas definitely deserves player of the game here now, moving on to the April 1st game, St. Thomas versus Reinhardt here. Player of the game absolutely has to be Jada Graham. One passing touchdown, two receiving touchdowns. Uh, the hat trick there as far as touchdowns go as they go ahead and take care of Reinhardt. Talking about Midland versus the University of St. Mary here. 
player of the game, Casey Thompson, three receiving touchdowns at least, and also an interception as Midland just beat St. Mary 48-0 to in that one. Now in the Bethel versus Cotty game, this one was actually closer than the score looks. Uh, Cotty beating Bethel 18-6, to but Amaya Carula having a great game on defense, two sacks, uh, playing rusher, I believe, for the first time this season. And then also had three passing touchdowns in this game, so that was absolutely huge. And Kaiser versus Reinhardt, I didn't really name a player of the game. Um, if anything, it's either Jasmine Roden or Haley Young. I mean, they won by 80, so, you know, there you go. Had 11 passing touchdowns. Well, I think actually 12 touchdowns between the two of them, so... There you go there. I'll name two. And then for Ottawa versus Kansas Wesleyan here. And also your playmaker of the week. We got Madison Carrera. Look. Down 14 to 0. 128 to 20. This was a great performance by Madison Carrera, who stayed calm, cool, and collected and found a way to get it done, plain and simple. 26 of 34. 286 passing yards, geez. Four passing touchdowns, no turnovers, which is big because I think if there were any turnovers for Ottawa in this game that weren't like a turnover on downs, I don't count that. But any turnovers for Ottawa, this game would have definitely went possibly a little bit different. She also added on a net 42 rushing yards as well in a comeback win at home versus Kansas Wesleyan. So there you go. That is your playmaker of the week. Ottawa's quarterback, Madison Carrera. Alright, now, before we talk power rankings, which isn't going to be the longest um, <laughs> segment, at least compared to last week's segment here, I do want to talk about end-of-the-year award frontrunners, just because we are definitely at least halfway through the season here, and so I kind of want to uh, talk about these end-of-the-year awards um, let, let me talk about them first. Let me talk about all the awards and all the recognitions that th could be received. And so we will do an all playmaker list again. It's basically uh, this year's version, an AI's version of an all American list here. But all playmaker, you know, we'll take two quarterbacks, one running back, like four receivers, and then a center slash blocker slash. Uh, well, not rusher because there's already a running back, but center slash blocker there. And then on defense, we'll take, I believe that is one rusher, three linebackers, and four DBs. Whether it's safeties or quarters, doesn't matter. DBs is a pretty general thing there. And so those are all the slots available for our all playmaker teams. Like I said, think all American there, but it's all playmakers. And then we will also have an all freshman team, which is made up pretty similarly here. Um, actually exactly the same. So there you go there. So there will be recognitions for those and players who don't maybe don't win an award will at least get recognized in this way. I'm hoping to drop those all playmaker all freshman playmaker list before the final tournament so that you know who to look out for when you're out there and by the way just gonna announce this right now we will be sending someone out there this year cody will actually be out there this year uh, hopefully if everything goes as planned so we'll be looking forward to that Definitely looking forward to meet some players, uh, looking to potentially get some interviews and whatnot while we're out there. Then obviously he'll cover the games there in person. And then I 
will most unfortunately likely be at home and I will be covering the games when I can as a home base type of person. If I could go, I'd definitely love to, but um, hey, help a brother out is all I'm going to say. <laughs> Just keeping it real there. But anyways, there you go. And then talking about end of the year awards. So we have three for sure. We have most valuable playmaker, which by the way is Madison Carrera reigning right now. We have offensive playmaker of the year, which I want to say once a Brianna Hernandez Silva. I could be mistaken though. Defensive playmaker of the year that went to Jada Reese last year. And so we'll have those three MVP, which is like the Heisman, then Opoy and Depoy. So there you go. Oh, and I'm tripping. We'll also do freshman of the year as well. I, I want to say last year it was Addy Orsburn out of Ottawa. At least that's who I voted for. Um, I am biased being from Texas, but definitely her from Ottawa was definitely a good candidate last year. But there you go. So MVP, Opoy, Depoy, freshman of the year. Now, let, let us know, you know, let us know if you want us to do these as well. We'll probably put up a poll. Uh, it'll be on Instagram because Twitter is stupid right now. But the poll will be, should we do best position players? So it'd be best quarterback in the country, best running back, best receiver, best rusher, best linebacker, best DB. Should we do those? We definitely can. And it would be a lot of fun to do those as well. But we'll, we'll put out a poll for those. And then, um, you know, depending on how those come out, we'll go ahead and uh, talk about those front runners on probably next week's episode. And then, uh, yeah, so there you go. But right now, let's go ahead and talk about MVP, Opoi, Depoy, and Freshman of the Year front runners. If there's anybody we miss, by the way, go ahead and message us. We'll add them to the list and we'll start tracking uh, their games here, keeping an eye on their games. Uh, what will probably happen is that in a couple weeks, we'll eventually go ahead and narrow down these lists to a final four who we believe deserves it. And I would say for these end of the year awards specifically, we will be voting on them after the final tournament. So just definitely keep that in mind. It will be my vote, Cody's vote. Our friends at NAIA football, I think, got two votes as well. And then you, the people, will be our final vote. We will have to figure out a way to do that um, because, like I said, Twitter is stupid right now. So there you go. But we will find a way to get it done so that we could get those votes out there. But let's go ahead and talk about the MVP candidates here. Naturally, I got to include the winners from last year uh, in every, not just MVP race, but in every end of the year award race here. And so for MVP, Madison Carrera, especially after this last game against Brianna Hernandez Silva and Kansas Wesleyan and that squad, definitely back in the running as well, being the reigning MVP. And then for Warner, we have Cynthia Homs. Um, been doing it again this year. She's been a focal point of that offense and defense as well. Out of Kaiser, we have Jasmine Roden once more. She's led some pretty tough drives at the end. Obviously had a tough game against Thomas, but you know I would say she's definitely in the MVP running here. If she has a good postseason, obviously could change. That goes for all these players, so there you go. And then we have Kayla Burrows. I believe last year... She was in the depoy running. 
either Depoy or Opoy running. I think she was in the Opoy running. But she is playing excellent this year, doing it all on offense and defense for Weber. So there you go there. But uh, lastly, we have Kansas Wesleyan's Brianna Hernandez-Silva. Like I said, was in the Opoy running last year. I think this year there could definitely be at least some sort of conversation about it. And so I'm going to put her name in that MVP race. Now for Opoy, we have Sam Wilson out of Weber. She's been playing lights out. Uh, we have Kennedy Foster from Kaiser once more, easily one of the top receivers in the entire country, if not the best. We have Jada Graham out of St. Thomas doing it all on offense, really, as a receiver for sure, uh, getting a lot of yards after catch. But also, you know, every now and then at quarterback, she has been doing her thing, whether she's running the ball or throwing it the few times she has. And then we have Madison Tingen here from Warner, lighting it up, doing her thing, using all those weapons out there, doing a good job. And then we have maybe two players that are a little bit of a surprise. I put Michaela Nunez from Midland. I think she deserves to be in this conversation hands down. The way she's been able to elevate that Midland offense and give them a pretty good, consistent quarterback out there has been huge for sure. And then another one that I'm going to go ahead and throw in here, and we'll talk more about rules here after I talk about all the front runners. but I'm going to put in Alexa Wilson, the freshman quarterback from Thomas. Hey, started out the season rough. She's been lighting it up. You know, if she has a good postseason and continues to light it up, I think there is a very good chance for her to win this thing. It, I... Like I said, all of these players are front runners, but you know, everyone has favorites. I would say right now, she is definitely near the top for me for Opoy. Right now, but like I said, a lot could change in half half a season, basically. Now at Depoy, there are a lot to pick from here. Jada Reese is obviously in that conversation. Janae Scott is obviously in that conversation. Really, I could put the entire Thomas defense here. Delva, Jones, all of them. Uh, Leah Wood as well. I could put them all in this conversation here, but I think I'm just going to limit it to two players from the same school uh, per category here. That's more of a, you know, down the line issue, to be honest with you, but definitely both deserving of uh, this recognition here, potentially. And then you have to shumble Washington from St. Thomas getting like a million interceptions. Uh, by the way, I don't have specific stats for everyone because not everyone keeps stats, which kills me. But I know that Tashumba Washington has been playing excellent out there, both at corner and safety, playing a lot more safety this year. So there you go. And then you have Casey Thompson from Midland. Really, Casey Thompson might potentially be an MVP candidate. I'm not going to lie. She's putting in a lot of work as a receiver and as a linebacker but at linebacker she's been key for this defense here over at midland which is one of the better ones in the country for sure and then lastly but not least for sure we got abby brown from ottawa uh, having a great season honestly the number of times she's led in tackles uh, per game is a lot obviously she's doing her thing getting a bunch of picks definitely maybe a little bit of a dark horse candidate for depoy here so there you go but those are the front runners i have for that for now like i said if you have anybody you want me to add to the list we will and we'll keep track of them as we eventually narrow it down to our final four here now for freshman of the year there are a lot of candidates a lot of great freshmen here 
this list is far from final but this is just a list of freshmen that i definitely am keeping an eye on uh before we go ahead and you know narrow it down to four here but freshman of the year let's uh, let's just go down the lane starting with thomas alexa wilson and Aaliyah wood here um look both have played excellent you know i think both are definitely deserving to be at least in the final four like i said we'll see how the season goes on here but both have played well Aaliyah wood playing both sides of the football extremely well now, I do want to add on a couple players from some new programs. That does include Campbellsville. I think Presley Payne has been outstanding, both on offense and defense. Definitely have to throw her in there. For Reinhardt, Nina Johnson has emerged as a wideout one. She's had some great plays. I think this last weekend really convinced me of that. I'm not going to lie. She just really turned up. You know, and did her thing. Even if her team's not winning all the time, she's still making plays out there. She still mossed to Shumble Washington that one time. And that is probably the only time that may happen to as great of a DB as her. Which, you know, it happens. You're a cornerback. Uh, the other player I do want to potentially throw out there as well is Carson Padgett. I've been really impressed with what she has done on defense as well and so obviously a lot of freshmen on that team to Brandon definitely came to mind as well uh joelle jarrett if she comes back hopefully here soon would definitely come to mind as well but i think nina johnson and carson paget are leading it for me now out of kaiser here i have two currently sophia caprio is the one i'm definitely leaning towards more but brenda ramirez is obviously there as well if she uh picks it up you know she did miss about half the season because she was recovering from an injury but if she does pick it up definitely somebody that you know will be considered potentially but i think sophia caprio has had an excellent season and also deserves to be on this list now speaking of teams with multiple potential freshman of the year candidates let me just go through those real quick Cotty is definitely one they had a pretty solid recruiting class my Carula has been big time whether it's a quarterback uh receiver running back as a rusher she's done her thing there Jolia Johnson has been a really solid receiving option for them and a good uh, option at corner for them holding it down. So a lot of credit to her. And then Carrie Cloyd, Carrie on Cloyd has been a really good rusher for Cotty when she's been out there as well. So those three definitely keeping an eye on. We'll probably only pick either one or two for freshman of the year when narrowing it down. But we'll see. Then FMU has two as of right now. I think absolutely Deja Fanning is somebody to be considered i also actually have her in the depoy race i don't know if i mentioned her I, I think erica johnson is also there as well we'll come back to that later on in the season but deja fanning i think has had a really good season has applied a lot of pressure you know to opposing quarterbacks and has done her job and then this is really an interesting one but Eunice montgomery here i believe she's a freshman has only had two starts but has looked pretty solid We'll see how the rest of the season goes. If she really picks it up and they get a couple wins, she could definitely rise on this list here. And then another team who has a couple freshmen I'm looking at here for freshman of the year is Warner. They obviously have a huge class, but Anna Vincencini, I would say, is near the top 
of uh, those that I'm considering for freshman of the year. You also have Amiri Logan, Jenna Marrero has been big time as well. So there you go. And then last but not least, another squad that have a couple freshmen I'm looking at here is Kansas Wesleyan. I believe both Angel Amaras and Kieran DeCure are both freshmen, if I'm not mistaken there, and have uh, emerged as, you know, wide out uh, as, as starters at wide receiver alongside Angel Roman out there and have done a really good job. So there you go. And then just a couple other freshmen to mention. I'm, like I said, there's a lot. St. Thomas's Dominique Parks, corner, running back. She's done a really good job there. Uh, safety valve of that offense. Caitlin Sigmundy out of Weber is one that I'm definitely looking at. More at, I would say, safety than potentially um, a wide receiver. Uh, but she has done a good job at wide receiver here as well, no doubt about it. But at safety, she's really held down her position. Doesn't always show in the stat sheet, but she does a really good job over there. And then obviously, last but not least, we have Ottawa's Tatiana Dos Santos. She has had some really good games, and she will continue to have some good games. Definitely might be someone a lot like Addie Orsburn who might rise here at the end and just have an excellent second half of the season, so... There you go. But those are all the players we are considering. Now, once more, if you want us to do specific, oh, best quarterback, best running back, best receiver in the country, best DB linebacker rusher, let us know. You know, we'll definitely do a poll on that. And then, you know, let us know if there's any other players you want us to consider. And uh, I think the last thing, the last thing to uh, just keep in mind is let us know if you would like for players to be able to win multiple awards. Last year, I think we limited it, limited it to one player for one award, as in, you know, if you're considered for MVP, you can't also be in the O-Poi, D-Poi running. Just because we wanted to show a lot more recognition to a lot of players here, you know, and all that stuff, I think it's definitely a good look to see multiple players from different programs succeeding rather than just one or two, because I think, in my opinion, it shows that, hey, the game's actually growing. It's not just dominated by one or two. It's, you know, you have good players, at least, at other spots that at least make things interesting, so... There you go. Maybe it doesn't matter, but to me, that's just my mindset there. If we do position groups, like best uh, you know, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, then I'd definitely be open. We would for sure have to do, you know, hey, players could win multiple awards. And I think that would definitely be okay doing that. And so definitely a rule we're looking to take away. Let us know your thoughts. Message us. All that great stuff. We'd be very appreciative of it. I know a couple people messaged us last year about it. But let's do it again this year. You know. Let's just see what's up with that. But there you go. Those are, you, those are your end of the year award front runners. And I guess an update on the end of the year awards. Which should be really fun moving forward. Right, now let's go ahead and talk power rankings here. It'll be pretty short. There's only really one difference in this power rankings here going into week seven uh last week week six we saw a big difference with thomas taking the numbers one spot uh let's actually go down the line and talk about last week's rankings real quick here at one thomas two ottawa three kaiser four warner five weber six st thomas seven kansas wesleyan eight midland nine fmu ten 
We had Reinhardt, 11, Campbell, Roosevelt, 12, Cotty, 13, uh, St. Mary, 14, Bethel, and 15, Milligan. Now, this week here in week seven, the only change is that St. Thomas moves ahead of Weber here, and Weber moves to six. And so right now, it looks like Milligan at 15 still, 14 at Bethel, 13 uh, Spires, 12 Cotty, 11 Campbellsville, 10 Reinhardt, 9 FMU, 8 Midland, 7 Kansas Wesleyan. At 6 right now is Weber, and at 5 is St. Thomas. And then still the top 4 is the same, 4 Warner, 3 Kaiser, 2 Ottawa, 1 Thomas. Now, just talking about the events from this last weekend, look, St. Thomas, they beat Weber, and they beat him pretty handedly here. Um, it got a lot closer at the end than it needed to be, but they beat him, and that's what matters, because a win is a win. Now, if you look at St. Thomas's other uh, games from the season, I mean, Weber blew them out earlier on, but I don't think this is the same team. They made a change of quarterback. I think there are a lot more dangers. I think Holly Neer is definitely here to stay. She has played really well lately, so a lot of credit to her. Uh, also, potentially someone we might consider for a, you know, end-of-the-year award. We'll see how the season goes. After that, though, played Kaiser close, 12-20. to 20. You know, even before that, against Thomas, played them relatively close. I think the score isn't as accurate but they still beat them 26 to 8 or sorry they lost 26 to 18 and so you have some closer games here for sure but i think st thomas definitely deserves right now to be at number five um just considering how far they've come you know they've played really well so far their next big challenge will be against warner here next week that'll be on wednesday i'll be able to watch that game so that'll be good. And then after that, they play Thomas. That'll be in a week or so, though. So I'm not really too worried about that just yet. So, boom. There you go. There. We'll see if St. Thomas continues to rise here. But, hey, their offense is looking good. They're clicking defensively. I mean, they've always kind of done their job. They continue to do that. So there you go. Wow. Weber at five. They've hit a little bit of a slump, you know, or sorry, Weber's at six now, excuse me. Weber has hit a bit of a slump here, and I mean, I don't know. They just got to play better is all I got to say. You can't have all these drops. That's number one, you know. Number two is that you can't have self-inflicted wounds here. That means no blown, you know, coverages on defense. You have to pull flags really well. And, you know, you can't get bad penalties. That's what it comes down to, you know. And they just haven't played the best ever since they got blown out by Thomas here. And, of course, it's Thomas. But still, after that, they only scored 12 against FMU. And still, they almost lost that game. And then against St. Thomas, I mean, they did score a touchdown at the end to make it 14-25. to zero, or 14 to 25. That's the final score. But... I don't know. This offense is just struggling a little bit. Part of it is definitely jobs. You know, you got to clean some of those. Uh, just a lot of self-inflicted wounds. On top of that, I don't know if they're as deep as some of the other teams right now. I know losing Malia Domingo was pretty big, but it's definitely kind of showing just a little bit here. They do get a little bit of a break playing Campbellsville on Tuesday, but then they go to Georgia and play Thomas again on Thursday.
And so you have the Campbellsville game to definitely turn things around, gain some confidence. But then you got to get ready for Thomas. And then it doesn't get easier. They also play Kaiser the following week. And then following that week, they play Warner, which is their senior day. Jesus, that is tough. So their schedule is really hard uh, at the end here. Campbellsville, Thomas, Kaiser, Warner. You would love to be 2-2, two and two, you know, after this last four-game stretch if you are Weber. We'll see. All right, now pretty much nothing else really changes here. Kansas Wesleyan stays at 7. Now, if they beat, if they would have beat Ottawa, that would have threw us for a loop. Uh, they'd probably move to 6, and Weber would move down to 7. Well, not at least they would have had to move up for sure, and then Ottawa would have for sure had to potentially move down, but we were discussing that, so I don't know. Um, look, showed a lot, I would say, pushing Ottawa, because I think a lot of those teams of the Sun Conference would have pushed Ottawa, you know, would they all beat them? No, you know, but they would have pushed him at least, and they were in a position to beat them, and so Kansas Wesleyan, I think this game really shows that they deserve to be in the same breath uh, of this top seven, honestly, all these Sun Conference teams in Ottawa. I think that really shows that, you know. Now, they played a great game, still lost here. Can they do that consistently? And honestly, the next big game for a chance for them to move up in the power rankings would be against Ottawa if, if they meet them in the KCAC tournament, you know. So there you go. You also have Midland behind you as well, who, who you know, you kind of struggle to beat as well. Uh, you still beat him, though, which is what matters. So there you go. And then at number one, the one thing I do want to talk about before we close this thing is Thomas. I mean, geez, they blew out Kaiser. That game wasn't close. They were up 19-0 to zero at that point. And then Kaiser, in turn, you know, destroyed Reinhardt. And part of it is just kind of getting their mojo back. I definitely understand that. But that's not going to move Kaiser up because they beat the number 10 team in the country. You know, does help their confidence, though, I would imagine, which should be good. It should be good. But I think after what happened this weekend, Thomas beating Kaiser and whatnot, staying undefeated at number one still. And then Ottawa struggling to beat Kansas Wesleyan, having to come back and beat Kansas Wesleyan, who is the seventh team. I think that definitely kind of just justifies Thomas at one right now. Now, does that make them the team to beat? No, that's Ottawa. They have the championships. They do. You know, that's what happens when you're the champs. They're going to always be the team to beat until you beat him. And they're also still undefeated. So there you go. But as far as the number one team in the country right now, the team playing the uh, best teams, best competition and beating them and not just narrowly beating them, but beating them pretty you know handedly that's thomas you know and so it's gonna it's gonna be a battle when they finally you know meet because let's keep it real they are on a crash course for each other whether it's in the national championship or in the semis or in the postseason they're on a crash course for each other because i i can't imagine they'd be in the same pool play at all and so the first time they would meet this year would definitely be when it matters probably in the gold bracket should be in the gold bracket so 
that's just what that's going to be. Now, you have other teams like Kaiser, Warner, Weber. I throw in even St. Thomas as well. Um, that will challenge and could look to play spoiler, you know. But we'll have to see. At the end of the day, you got to win games, you know, and you got to win the ones that matter. And I think that's a good way to go ahead and close up these power rankings in this segment. With that being said, though, thank you so much for rocking with us. Another longer episode, but that's okay. Thank you for rocking with us. Continue to show us love on social media. We appreciate that. And go ahead and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Playmakers Corner. Obviously posting updates of games when we can over there. Uh, unless it just gets completely out of hand, then we won't be doing that. But, you know, doing what we can to post there and all of that great stuff. We'll be posting our polls and other stuff on instagram probably to start but if you want to message us like i said about end of the year awards and potentially how we should do things and what you would prefer let us know um no guarantees that we'll you know do it and uh, do what you're suggesting but we definitely want to see what the vibe is there for sure so go ahead and follow us there and then you know hey uh listen to us i mean you're already listening to us but you can listen to us on all platforms. You can listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube as well. Thank you to all of our YouTube listeners. I know we do have a solid amount there. Um, hey, you know, leave us a good review, comment, like, subscribe, all that great stuff. And we will go ahead and catch you later.